Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of the PS Nation SideQuest podcast. This is the uh, podcast about anime, uh, video games, not recording very regularly. <laughs> um, I'm one of your party members, Andy, and I'm joined by Wyatt. Hello. We got a nice action-packed uh, late episode, because it's been, been, a, been a minute since we recorded last time. Yeah, just just a little extra delay. <laughs> I, I figured since we did like ten hours of podcasting at E3 that uh, we'd take a little bit of a break, I guess. Plus, uh, I don't know about you, but things were really busy when I got back to work after E3. So I spent a couple weeks um, basically running around with my head on fire. Nice. Which I imagine could actually be a literal thing in, over <laughs> where you live. Yeah, that, well... For other reasons too, yeah. Um, I mean, this past week it was like highs in the one fifteen area, pretty much all week. So, oh God, yeah. Coming I mean, home, yeah. Or what? I was like coming home from work the other day. The radio had like the the weather, and they're like, "And you're low of ninety tonight." Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, d- down here in the in the like la valley area it's like it gets pretty hot too not as hot as you but uh i've also had the unfortunate of my ac being broken for the last few weeks so mm-hmm. yeah not great here either <laughs> yeah well i guess we will jump right into things with some uh some news yeah. um one thing that was uh Something that I was really excited for, obviously, is that they've announced the new Atelier game for this year. For, I guess this year for Japan. Um, probably next year for the West. But, uh, it's called, uh, Nelke and the Legendary Alchemists. And unlike the previous games, in this one you're not actually playing one of the Alchemists. Uh, instead you're playing as someone who's building a town for the Alchemists. And this one is like a crossover game, so it'll have a bunch of different characters from all the old games coming together to essentially build this town yeah i saw, saw some of the cast lists and it's just like it's like wow i remember that game like in the ps2 era <laughs> yeah i mean they're going all the way back to the ps1 games which never got localized so this will be the first time that us over this side of the ocean will be able to play those characters um but that's coming out uh later this year in Japan, and then they've already announced a localization, um, but I think that'll be a little ways out, so we won't see that for a while. But it looks pretty cool so far. It's The other thing that's kind of weird is that they say it's a crossover, but they're technically not the same character from the original games. Instead, it's like it, they look the same and they have the same personality, but they're, to, they're a new character, which... Sounds kind of weird, but if you've played the series, you know they kind of already do that with some of the supporting cast. Like, um, Hegel, the, the weaponsmith, he's been in a bunch of the games, and whenever they go to a new universe, he's, like, technically a new character, even though he looks the same and acts the same. So, it'll be a little bit weird, but... So, so like, Sid in the 14th, in, in the Final Fantasy series. Yeah. But I guess they change how Sid looks in every game. True. Somewhat. Or make him a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, so I'm looking forward to playing that. 
those Atelier games that I've kept trying to get into never did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or never, yeah. But yeah. Well, if you uh, want to get into them, they've also announced that uh, they are remaking the Atelier Arland series for PS4 and Switch. So um, this is these were the first three that were on the PS3. So Atelier, um, Rorona, Totori, and Meruru. They're coming to PS4 and Switch. I think they said it won't be a whole lot of new stuff. It's mostly just a port, but they're bringing them forward so people can play them again. That'll be the uh, the DX, Arlen DX series. I don't think they've announced that one coming west yet, but I figure it's kind of likely. So Yeah, I, was like, I remember yeah playing that because it was the first ps3 atelier game and then yeah that first one just had some pretty tight time limits and i think that's what made me not play that series as much going forward well so they ended up remaking that one already and they like a true remake where they basically redid it from the ground up with some of the later systems they made it a little bit less uh annoying in that regard and i think this one should probably use the remake so it shouldn't be quite as bad but other than that, I don't think they're planning on adding too much from the other games. They're not like, you know, putting in a whole bunch of new stuff that wasn't in the plus games, I should say. Cause all of these, all of these games got ported to Vita with like an additional boss here and, you know, some extra costumes there. And I think all that stuff's probably going to come over, but they're not planning on putting too much new in from what they were saying so far. Okay. Well, moving on from one uh, one of your favorite series and crossovers, I'll, I'll move on to the Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy XIV crossover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think this was announced, like, right around E3, and then we've gotten more details since then, too. But, uh, yeah, it's, like, it's actually a two-way crossover in that Monster Hunter will be getting the behemoth from final, the Final Fantasy series as a fight, and the Rathalos will show up in Final Fantasy XIV as a trial. And uh, I cannot wait for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it uh, some of the details they've released though of like especially the Monster Hunter behemoth fight is like they this is some truly good crossover stuff because like uh, it's like not only are we fighting the behemoth, but we're also going to be fighting, uh, 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 one of those Kulu Yanku, I think it was the name. I always called it the egg carrier. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, cause apparently for people who maybe don't know Final Fantasy 14, but Final Fantasy and overall, but the uh, thing is like the, instead of him holding an egg, apparently he actually uh, is holding on to a giant Hydaelyn crystal, which is sort of like the god of the Final Fantasy XIV universe. So, it's just funny. It's like just see him carrying this huge-ass crystal and apparently will mega-size him. So, anyone who needs the gold crown on that monster. <laughs> yeah. I wonder <laughs> if that'll count for that or not. <laughs> it should. All the event monsters in the past that have done that in Monster Hunter series do. Oh, Nice. But yeah, and it's like, so, you know, we'll get those two fights. And the other neat thing is, like, anyone familiar with World, it's like, knows the Toad Boys that's like, can either do, like, paralysis or sleep when you knock them. Mm -hmm. They'll actually be adding Cactars 
in the game that's like when you hit them like you do a toad they'll do thousand needle and do damage to whatever's nearby <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> i was just like it's like just just that one detail is like wow they really care about making a nice crossover not just throwing in one monster and calling it a day <laughs> yeah oh even like throwing in the one monster like adding a full big size like hunt doesn't seem insignificant given that i mean there's a decent number of monsters in the world, but it's not like there's, you know, hundreds. There's, like, what, 20 or something? So yeah. adding another one on that level is already a pretty big addition. And then on top of that, all that, that extra stuff, so. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's and it seems like they'll have some pretty, like, actual mechanics from the behemoth. Admittedly, this is, I remember fighting the behemoth in, it's like you fight him several times in 14, like the king behemoth regular behemoth it's you know there's just I, I don't remember any of the other four, uh, final fantasies as much as this one that has a fight where he drops meteors and then the thing is is that then he'll call down a super meteor and to avoid taking damage from it you actually have to hide behind one of the smaller meteors he already dropped and it's like i saw gameplay footage already of the monster hunter fight and that mechanic is in there <laughs> nice so it's like yeah, it's, I, I really do love the detail because then it's like they're also the armor you can get is the um, it'll be the dragoon artifact armor from fourteen, and I mean it looks so so good. <laughs> and uh, you also get the gale bog lance as the um, as an insect glaive, which I'm also re- really excited because. You also can get an insect that looks like the dragon spirit that you use for some of your attacks as a dragoon. And as a dragoon main, I am I'm just really excited. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah. And then uh you you can also dress up your cat as a moogle. Of course. I mean. But yeah. What else? And that, on the Final Fantasy side, you know, we're fighting with Thalos and I think I've seen it's like you don't act, you won't actually be able to have healers cast heals in the fight. People will actually have to be using a uh, action item in fourteen that's like a potion in Monster Hunter. So it'll be actually like a Monster Hunter fight in Final Fantasy fourteen. So you have to sit there and walk slowly while you try to <laughs> drink. Maybe I'm not sure exactly how though they'll be doing that, but. Uh... Yeah, and they they definitely said that it, there'll be a lot more actually having to like look at the monster to see attacks instead of just dodging circles that show up on the ground. So yeah, it's it is. I mean, I've said it a lot already, but yeah, it's just the details. But in this crossover, are just so good. <laughs> Will they also not give you a health bar for the monster? <laughs> I don't think that will be the case. I'm sure there'll be a health bar. But, yeah. Um, Well, then it's not authentic. (laughs) But, yeah, it's like some of the rewards for the in 14 is uh, you can get a Palco minion, obviously. Uh, Neat little thing for people who have houses. You can get an outdoor housing item that is the meat on a spit. Nice. (laughs) And then, of course, the best reward, you can get the Rathalos as a mount. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I I so can't wait. <laughs> Is it gonna be like full size for Thalos? Uh, mounts in fourteen or some some have ignored this, but a lot of mounts scale to the size of your character. So. Oh, okay, 
So if you're one of the little the little race, I don't I forget what they're Lava called. Cells. Yeah. The, or, then or they have like a smaller po- amount. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or or as as most people call them potatoes. Yeah, but I mean I was thinking like one of them on a giant Rathalos. And you're like <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but, I mean there's also hilarious like some of the mounts don't completely scale, so like when you have the uh, giant size or like the like you know more bulky size race, sometimes they're uh, like cramped in some of the mounts. So it'll be like when you mount uh, Dog Boy. What's his face? <laughs> oh yeah, the Odogaron. Yeah, the small Odogaron. Oh yeah, yeah, the small <laughs> one. I think that was the Devil May Cry event. Monster yeah. Hunter. <laughs> was that the Mega Man event? Damn it! There have been a lot of crossover events in monster yeah but one of them had the really small guy and it was like you mount him and it's like your character is bigger than he is how is this how does this work (laughs) yeah yeah so that actually comes out uh august 7th or 8th so depending on how quickly you edit this this might be out when this comes out uh yeah so that's available now (laughs) now hopefully i'll be able to get it up pretty quick uh, in other news, um, another game that is one that I enjoy a lot is Tycho Drum Master, um, and that is now coming west. So Bandai Namco announced just the other day, as we're recording this, that uh, the latest PS4 version and the Switch version that like just came out in Japan like a week ago, they're both coming uh, over to the west. Technically, they're different versions, so they actually have different names, because um, they do have like slightly different soundtracks and stuff, but it's still, you know, it's Tycho, so... The gameplay is all pretty similar. Um, the one thing that stinks is it hasn't really been confirmed yet. They haven't said if they're bringing over the drum itself. And apparently someone asked them and they said they have no plans. So that is kind of unfortunate. Um, on the PS4, obviously, you, you can still just play with the controller. Um, and you could import you know, a drum if you wanted to, which then it's like, well, why wouldn't you just import the game? But... Uh, on the Switch version, you actually can use the Joy-Cons as drums. Although, from what I've heard from some of my friends who have played it, playing it like that is somewhere between unplayable and completely, totally, and utterly unplayable. So, <laughs> nice so yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. That, huh? <laughs> nice range there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically you can play it, but they said it's pretty imprecise and um, it'll drop a lot of notes and I don't know. So it's kind of unfortunate they're not bringing over the ju- the drum. Um, someone was kind of petitioning that Hori, uh, who makes a lot of those peripherals, put out you know a drum version in the U.S. or make it put out the one that they already make uh, like on the U.S. Amazon or something just to make it a little bit easier for people to get it. But other than that, it's pretty cool that Tyco's coming over and um, kind of unfortunate that I already imported it myself, but I'll probably pick it up again just to support the Western release. How many? Uh, rhythm games have you double dipped on? A lot. <laughs> I mean, I usually try to avoid importing it unless I'm pretty sure it won't come over, with a few exceptions like the Persona games, where I just imported them because I wanted them. But then a lot of times I'll import it and it's like, oh, hey, it actually did get announced. It's like the Miku games. I imported the first one on the Vita because I was like, they've never localized one of these. And all of a sudden they're like, actually, we're localizing this one. I was like, shoot. <laughs> And then they ended up putting it out on PS3, so I ended up buying it again on PS3. So that one I bought like four times. Three three nice. or four times. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of crazy like that. <laughs> hey, but each of those had a different platinum, and I had the platinum in all of them, so. Got, gotta get those platinums. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of games coming west, uh, it's actually recently announced that uh, Earth Defense Force 5 will also be coming west this year. And, uh, yeah, anyone unfamiliar with the Earth Defense Force games, uh, it's like, yeah, you uh, you join the Earth Defense Force and you fight off waves of giant insects and or aliens. Yep. <laughs> Through uh, and their their most vicious attack is on your FPS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those games never seem to run very well, do they? No, that that seems to be a hallmark of the series now. So I don't. Know. <laughs> but it's it's part of the charm. Yeah, hopefully PS4 can uh, help help them with that. <laughs> Eh, well, I mean, if every other platform they put it on didn't help, then... Eh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, because at least on PS3, you know, they had to deal with the resolution bump, might have, but at least PS4 can still be at 1080p and then hopefully be better at rendering. I don't know. That's just... <laughs> but yeah, um, interestingly enough, the uh, game is not getting localized by Xseed this time. The uh, D3 publisher is localizing them the, themselves. Yeah, so. it's kind of weird that Xseed seems to be losing a lot of those localizations. Because, like, they didn't uh, do the recent um, Kiseki game either. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, I don't know. So. I don't know what's up. Hopefully they're doing all right. Yep. But yeah, they uh, because it is being like self-published though. It's like it is purely a, a digital game for mm-hmm. local, for the West, which I mean probably is not that much of a surprise. I know how much people won't like that, but we're getting it at least. <laughs> Can always get something from like limited run games or something. Yeah. See if they do that. But yeah, so be fun to try that game out again mm-hmm. i played a little bit of some of them but then yeah it's not like i ever was like fully into it mm-hmm. but yeah it's fun to like hop on with some friends every once in a while yep well and then uh the game that everyone's been waiting for there was a kill a kill game that was announced and it had the arc system works name on it and everyone was like sweet arc is making a <laughs> kill a kill a fighting game well unfortunately Arc is only publishing it. It's actually being made by the same studio that made the Little Witch Academia game. So, tempered yeah. expectations, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I thought that game was okay. It certainly wasn't great. Maybe not even good. But, I mean, there were some cool parts, and it was nice being able to run around the school and everything. So, um, it does look like this is going to end up being kind of like a third-person action fighter from the little bits that I've seen so far. But uh, we'll probably we'll find out more at Evo because it looks like they're planning on having the game playable there. So I guess it's pretty far along. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I I just wonder if the the announcement wouldn't have, would have stung less if they didn't put Arc System Works name on it and just like, hey, we're just publishing. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, the one thing I think I saw the other day was that there will be a system in the game where at certain points during the fight. You will enter a verbal sparring match with your opponent, where you're basically trying to insult them and get them pissed off. 
And there's like the screenshot showed this like rock paper scissors kind of thing where if you say this and they say that, then you know it pisses them off kind of thing. Just from what I could see, I mean it was hard to tell because it was um, you know obviously in Japanese, but it's a very interesting um, thing to put into a fighting game. <laughs> yeah, very kill the kill. Yep. But yeah, on uh, some other uh, just kind of random news, uh, the uh, president of NIS uh, said that they they are definitely working on Disgaea Six. <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, it's like they don't know what it will release on or when yet. But I guess they're just you know really making sure people are at least confident that Six is coming out. I mean, it'll probably come out on PS4 and Switch, and then <laughs> when it gets localized, it'll come out on Steam. Assuming it yes. comes out in the next two years before PS5 comes out. Yeah. But uh, also one of the other interesting things you mentioned in the same thing was that they're also looking into expanding Disgaea to genres outside of strategy RPG. So, I so, mean, yeah. they did a platformer with the printy games. <laughs> And they did a dating God. sim with that other PSP game. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows what's in store for the Disgaea series. Yep. Well, I th- we talked about it a bunch on the... Uh, P- the e- e- we talked about it a bunch on the E3 podcast, but uh, Jump Forces, just after E3, actually announced that uh, some Bleach characters will be joining the game. So I think they showed Ichigo and Aizen... So far, hmm. I, I mean, Ichigo is an obvious. But, yeah, you know. for sure. Oh, and maybe Rukia too. I can't recall. But okay. uh, yeah. yeah, more I mean, characters coming to that game. I still don't know what to think of that game. <laughs> yeah, I I did my write up for it afterwards, and then I think my conclusion was it looks cool, but I'm not sold on the gameplay at the moment. Now, granted, it's an early build and it could change a lot, but um, I, I thought that the My Hero Academia game played better. Yeah, I it mean, they're both like yeah. It was like it was like set up to like actually be able to be played. Whereas the, I mean, I, I get what they were doing, but like the Jump Forces one was like, hey, we're powering you up so much, and it's like one combo, and you defeat the person you're fighting, and oh, that's the end of the demo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of like those older Naruto games that uh, like CyberConnect makes, um, and obviously those games have fans, but I've never been too much into them because they just seem to be like, hey, you have like one combo, you just mash this button and maybe you you know do a superhero kind of thing, and um, I mean that can be fun, but compared to like the strategic depth that you get in you know Guilty Gear or Street Fighter or something, so. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how Jump Forces fares. They're uh, still working on it, and obviously they're still announcing characters. Um, oh, and the other thing that I, I didn't put on our news list, but uh, kind of came out after E3, was that uh, so they showed Death Note at the end of the trailer. Everyone's like, what the hell? Apparently they've said since then that the Death Note characters are basically just in the story, so they're not going to be playable in the game, as I recall. Which oh. kind of makes more sense. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) 
for some reason, just like seeing Light just show up trying to fight like Goku would just be like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess maybe you could toss in some of the Shinigami in there. Yeah. But I don't know. Even then, it's like, it's not like Ruik does a lot of fighting during the show. Mostly just floats around and eats apples. And every once in a while, write something down. And it's like, oh, someone's dead. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Also, uh, Warframe had a their uh, own convention this like a few weeks ago called TennoCon, and uh, they had a pretty big reveal uh, panel where they talked about their upcoming content. And wow. <laughs> um. Not going to go, hopefully, not too in-depth into it, maybe. <laughs> uh, we'll see how brief I can make this. But, um, yeah, they announced their, or showed off their new open-world space. This is, I mean, they released their, like, first open-world space earlier this year. And this one is even bigger now on Venus. And uh, this time, you can uh, get a hoverboard to go wandering around it, as so many people cheered when it came out. <laughs> nice. A lot, lot faster movement around it. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, it's exploring, like, the open world of Venus looks like it's going to be fun. Uh, as well as, not, not only that new game mode, but they also announced a new game mode called Railjack, which is... Honest, I honestly was surprised by this, like that they had this in the works. But it's just like it actually starts out with like your team of four, whatever. It's like, and you all start out in a fighter ship. That's like you're trying to like take down like the enemy main ship or whatever. I, I don't know the full story behind it or how they'll set up each mission, but uh, like you know, so it starts out like you know someone's in the pilot seat, someone's can be in the weapon seats. You know, so you're, you're actually doing space combat, which is great. And then, like, what can happen is, like, enemies can actually get on board your ship, so you can actually have someone get off the guns and then, like, do, like, regular fighting inside the ship to kill the enemies, as well as, I think, they also showed, like, having to, like, put out fires in the ship if something happens. And then, um, also, and then it's like, when you get close enough to the enemy main ship, someone then actually, uh ejects out of the ship does goes into arc wing combat to then fly over to the enemy ship and then you know so you get that mixed in there it's like then they invade the enemy ship so you're back to regular warframe combat and like you take down their shield generator and then you know they evacuate and your the rest of your guys blow up the enemy ship and it's just like it was just so great to see all these different mechanics together in a one warframe mission <laughs> looks so good <laughs> yeah i guess i got a leg up on destiny there <laughs> yeah. all the ships in destiny just being window dressing at this point yeah definitely a lot of uh it's like destiny what comments after that stream <laughs> but yeah uh so looking forward to it i mean they also showed off uh some neat uh deluxe skins for some of their existing stuff so yeah it was a fun stream to watch that's cool. And uh, I guess last thing we put on here, um, 
new game was announced called Valtherian Arc Hero School Story, which I put on here because it looks like my kind of game, um, where you're basically uh, running a school for RPG heroes. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of sound a little bit like it's the reseteer of, but instead of like you know a shop, you're built, you're running a school. Which sounds pretty cool. So you're you're training all these heroes, and then they go out and fight and come back, and uh, will have leveled up and stuff. So I don't know. Just sounded pretty cool. That's coming out for uh, PS4, uh, Switch, and PC. Sounds neat. Yep. Well, uh, I guess that will get us to what we're playing. Uh, I have a pretty short list, so I think I'm going to go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, since everything was going crazy at work i was working some long hours for a couple weeks and i haven't been playing a whole lot and uh putting it down i realized that i've basically just been playing music games recently (laughs) (laughs) um so persona 3 dancing i talked last time about persona 5 and finished the platinum in that one and then played persona 3 and finished the platinum in that so that was that was fun i mean it was a pretty short game and not a whole lot to it but uh Definitely, like, the the music is great, for sure. Um, I haven't played Persona 3, so I wasn't as familiar with the sound, the music from that one. But even playing Persona 5 and, you know, listening to all the remixes of those songs, and then the Persona 3 music was really cool, even if I wasn't familiar with it. And then uh, one game that I talked about at E3, because I played it there, was uh, Moosinks. So that came out not too long after E3, and... Uh, ended up getting a code to review that so the review for that is actually i just finished it the other day and sent it to josh so that should be going up pretty soon but uh it's obviously a very uh, traditional music game um so much so that there's really not a whole lot else to the game um it's basically like there's not even like a main menu like you put in the game you boot it up and it drops you right into the song select screen and there's a couple like options menus but there's really not a whole lot to the game it's just you know play these songs and can you beat your own score so um it's definitely fun the mechanics are really good uh the songs are pretty good there's like 92 songs or something in the game so for like 40 or 50 bucks or whatever it costs it's a pretty good value proposition but i definitely like i'm sitting there playing it and i'm like i'm enjoying it but then i'm like i kind of want something more like uh, something that has goals or, you know, extra modes or missions or stuff like that. And so it's kind of unfortunate that the game is basically just, here's 92 songs, play them. Um, now, the interesting thing is that the representative at E3, um, I've been talking to him since then, and he's saying that they're working on a bunch of free updates for the game. So they're going to add more songs and um, different modes and stuff like that it sounds like but obviously i just finished my review and unfortunately i can't review what's not out so um at the moment i just have it with a seven hopefully at some point that's kind of stuff will come in and it'll get better but at the moment it's kind of hard to you know recommend it too highly it's kind of like you know do you like music games if you do here's a pretty good one if not i don't think it'll do a whole lot to you know convince anyone at least nice it sounds like that or that they said it was going to be free DLC. Yeah, they've said that everything that comes out for the game will be free. 
Um, now they say that, like I said, we'll find out, but, uh, at the moment they're saying that everything that comes out in the future will be free. So that'd be nice. And then, um, as I was, you know, having a hankering to play something a little bit more, uh, the new DLC for DJ Max Respect came out. So I've been playing a whole bunch of that for the new DLC. And then they actually just hit the one year anniversary for that and they put out a special song. Actually, they re-released the opening theme song for the very first PSP game. Um, so they put that out. They actually had a really cool thing where the first time you booted it up after the patch, they played that intro instead of the normal game intro, which was really cool. So they're definitely kind of leaning hard into nostalgia. I mean, all of their DLC packs have been old songs with like one or two random new songs dropped in there. But they're really pushing hard for the nostalgia, which is good for someone like me who's been playing it since then. <laughs> um yeah, been enjoying that. Uh, I finally hit my 999,999 combo. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I remember it, possibly causing you to fail at my place. <laughs> yeah, so in the freestyle gameplay mode, your combo carries over between songs. Um, so obviously getting up to 999,000 means playing, you know, multiple songs. Because most songs only give you, you know... 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 on the high end. There are some songs that are like, like way less than that. So it's definitely a lot to play that. And if you fail or if you may mess up in the middle of a song, then it'll you know break your combo and you'll have to start over. Um, fortunately, if you exit the game without going back to the song menu, it won't save. So if you break combo in the middle of the song, you just exit the game. So it's not like I never broke combo while I was trying to build up to that. But it was still, it's still like kind of annoying when you're like, shit, I broke combo and I need to exit and restart the game and get back into it. And that's all kind of annoying, but <laughs> better than having to start from zero when you're at, you know, 800,000 combo. Yeah, just, just a little bit of a lost progress <laughs> there. Yeah. So I got that. Now I'm working on some of the other trophies to uh, hopefully get the platinum in that game. There's a lot of other grindy trophies. So <laughs> might be a while before I get there. But that was one of the grandiest ones by far. So. And then... It's all downhill uh, from there, right? Huh? <laughs> yeah. And then another rhythm game that uh, is actually not on PS4. It's only on Steam at the moment is uh, Groove Coaster. So this is actually originally a mobile game and then an arcade game. And then this Steam version is kind of based on the arcade game. Um, so it's a pretty interesting game. You basically just have... Um, a little character who's like flying down this track and the track can kind of go in any direction and even sometimes like goes into and out of the screen and stuff. Like it does some crazy things and the notes will show up on there. So on the mobile game, you basically just tapped and that was it. But then for the arcade version, they have like these two, um, nubs, one for each hand. And so sometimes the notes will have like an arrow next to them. So you have to like swipe left and right with this, uh, nub. And then on the uh, Steam version, essentially you have to set up two different um, directional sets. So like WASD and then it's defaulted to like IJKL or whatever. But I think you could probably do like D-pad or something like that. So then you have to use the two different things to basically simulate the two nubs in the arcade. Mm. So it's pretty cool. I played it not a whole bunch, but uh, I played, you know, dozen songs or whatever the other day. I was enjoying it for the most part. 
Um, unfortunately, the game's kind of messed up at the moment as far as controller support. Uh, I haven't tried it myself, but other people were trying to connect, you know, Xbox controllers or PS4 controllers, which would work pretty well with, you know, having two analog sticks. And I guess they're not the best at the moment, so hopefully they can fix that. Hmm. That's unfortunate. Yep. And then, I guess I said I had all rhythm games, but I lied, because uh, I've been playing Luminous, which I don't classify as a rhythm game. <laughs> it's it's a has a lot of music-basedness to it, but you're not really beholden to the music or anything. Um, more of a puzzle game, but... Yeah, I, mean, I picked you gotta, up. You got to be on the rhythm for for getting those combo deletions. Eh, not really. <laughs> but I I did pick that up on PS4. Been playing much of that. Um, it's it's fun. It's a remake of the first PSP game, so uh, I think that was one of the better ones actually. That and you know Luminize Two. I know some people liked uh, the Vita one, but I thought they didn't have enough modes in that one. Like, they didn't have the puzzle modes or uh, mission modes or stuff like that, so. But this one has everything that was in the PSP game, and I've been enjoying that. It's kind of one of those nice games to kind of boot up and play for an hour between other things. You know, play through one round, <laughs> basically, <laughs> until I mess up and fail. But, yeah. I but yeah. Huh? I remember enjoying the original. It's like, it was like... It's like PSP launch game that I played for quite a long lifetime with the PSP. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah. And then also on PC, I got my code for the uh, Magic the Gathering Arena beta. <laughs> so I've been playing a bunch of that. Which is, you know, it's Magic the Gathering. It's basically their new client that's... Um, the old Magic Online client is kind of archaic. And it's very functional. It's, it's built more for function than anything else. Um, this one's definitely like, hey, we want some of that Hearthstone money because um, it's built to look a lot like Hearthstone. Um, they've been kind of doing that for a while with what they call the Duel of the Planeswalkers ones. But those ones actually cut out functionality, whereas Magic Arena is supposed to have both the functionality and the looks, you know, look nice. It's definitely leaning more towards accessibility because... They have a lot of the settings on by default that make it easier to play and a lot quicker, um, which can occasionally screw you over. Like this, the other day I was playing and uh, by default it'll like automatically tap your lands for you. And I played something and it tapped the wrong land, so I couldn't play my follow-up spell. It's like, god damn it, piece of Aww. shit. <laughs> um, and you'd think it was one of those situations where it was very obvious how I would want to tap my lands, and I have no clue why it didn't do that. Like you would think that they would take into account the other things that are in your hand. Like, hmm, he's got two black cards left after he casts this. Let's leave some black mana open. And it was like, nope, we're just going to, you know, tap all of the swamps. Like, gee, thanks. Um, but, but I mean, it's been pretty good. Uh, it's been fun kind of drafting on that um, whenever I get the money for it. I've been mostly playing it, like, free-to-play. So I haven't been – I think I put in, like, five bucks at one point just to get a couple gems to play a draft. But for the most part, I've just been relying on the daily missions and stuff to get all the money for it. So I don't have, like, great decks or anything. It's whatever I've been able to open. But that's been pretty fun. Yeah, I imagine you're saving your money for, like, physical magic cards. <laughs> yes, I am. Because I just... Just yesterday, I pre-ordered the next set of uh, commander decks that were four of them at 40 bucks each. 
Now, the store that I go to gave us a discount if you bought all four, so it wasn't the full price, but still, I dropped a little bit of money on those. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I was more referring to the uh, $20 a card you're spending what I got you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. But yeah, because uh, I'm going to be talking about it later, but uh, I was at Comic-Con and I picked up the Comic-Con exclusive magic cards for Andy. <laughs> yep. And yeah. So- it was like five cards for a hundred dollars, so yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's a steal given for what they're going for online now. Like the yeah. reason I don't have any of the Comic Con exclusives is just because immediately after the con they're going for like five hundred bucks for the set. So. <laughs> so, so you're saying I should just sell this and not give it back, give it to you? <laughs> uh, no, I mean I didn't say that. What are you talking about? They're they're not worth anything. They're on eBay for twenty bucks. um but actually i've also been spending a bunch of money on uh, star wars destiny um so the summer is the time when they start doing what they call store championships which is part of the like organized play of of star wars destiny so all of the stores in my area there's like a ton of stores in the phoenix area so i've been going to a bunch of store championships in fact uh, about two hours ago i got back from one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which was, um, at the moment, the last one that's been scheduled for the Phoenix Valley area. But there's a couple more in Tucson and the one up in Prescott that I could go to if I wanted to. But, yeah, I played it like four or five, four of those so far. And I managed to get second in one of them and first in one of the other ones. Mm, nice. So, did pretty well there. The one today was not as good, but, <laughs> you know, I already got my first place award. They had a special Ahsoka that has a stamp on it for what place you got. So they have a first place one and a second place one. So I have one of each of those. Um, unfortunately, there's actually a third one because they give whoever runs the tournament, they give them a copy that doesn't have a stamp on it. So my friend who ran the tournament at one of the stores was joking, oh, you need to trade me for mine so you'll have all three. <laughs> but that card is not very good. So I mostly just have it to be like, sweet, look at my... Look at my uh, Card that I won. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I actually, and also got you the uh, convention card that they were giving out for Star Wars Destiny as well. Yep. But yeah, for that one, it's like that was just a freebie giveaway. So, but you actually had to like play a round or two. Like they, they taught you the game. So I actually, uh-huh. I actually did play like a turn of that game. So. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was funny too. To, God. Uh, it was because I guess because you it's like not only is it a card game but also a dice game. But uh, uh-huh. the thing was like we just had terrible rolls for the, the entire demo. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely happens. But yeah, it was funny. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I would think about playing it if I didn't have to spend money on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want yeah. free cards, I have so many extra cards. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, is that, like, I'm I'm sure there's a card... I mean, there's definitely a card game scene around where I am, I'm sure. I'm just never... I really got into whatever scene is around here, and I don't know that I really want to without a few other people I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, getting into stuff like that is a little less likely for me right now. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely... The guys that I play board games with, a bunch of them play card games, too. Not... Most of them don't play Destiny. One of the guys has, like, a couple Destiny decks, but he doesn't play it regularly. 
but we play a lot of Magic, so a lot of the cards that I get from drafts will end up going into Commander decks that I play with them. But yeah. Yeah, Destiny's really fun. The The dice thing is um, pretty funny, because it could definitely lead to some very interesting moments, like at the tournament today, on the last round... Um, Two guys were both two and one, so whoever won one was likely to make top four, which was uh, where what you needed to be to get the cut to um, stay in the tournament. And uh, it came down to basically the last action, and the one guy had two dice left, and he had to roll um, basically one symbol that was either a one and six on one die or a one and three on the other dice, which I believe is a 45% chance of getting either of them. And uh, he rolls it out and doesn't get it, and... Um, he was like, no, and yelling really loud. And he was, he wasn't like upset or anything, but <laughs> it was just, I was gonna say, it's it like, was really so close. Like he did the Darth Vader. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny, but, but yeah, it was, it was a really close, close game. That one for them, but yeah, that's about all I've been playing. Like I said, with everything going on at work and then. Spending the last couple weekends playing Star Wars. I haven't played a whole lot of video games recently. Hope to uh, remedy that soon. I guess there's not a whole lot coming out at the moment, which is a part of the, another part of it. Um, you'd think that'd be a good time for me to work on my backlog, but that never <laughs> seems to happen. It's always like, oh, there's nothing new. I'll, I'll you know, do something else. <laughs> Go back to playing, playing a rhythm my... game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go back to playing DJ Max. <laughs> Yeah, so for me, uh, wow, I've played a lot, <laughs> or a lot, but not a lot, ex- ah, whatever, yeah, so just, first thing I guess I was playing was uh, Warframe again, because, you know, it's like on and off on that one, um, they uh, recently came out, they released the uh, Prime version of Limbo, the Warframe that's uh, all about uh, going Going under things? <laughs> Yeah, go, going in and out of another dimension, and also uh, also referred to as the troll frame, as you can send other people on your team into the other dimension, and then they won't be able to shoot enemies that also weren't sent to that dimension. <laughs> so, Do they come yeah. back after a while, or do you just straight troll them for the rest of the game? <laughs> uh, they... It used to be that they were in there for the duration of the move that sent them in there, but like a year or two ago, he got a rework, and you can uh, just do a roll, and you'll go out of the dimension. So, oh, okay. Like, he got a rework that changed some of it. I mean, there's still aspects that of him that were uh, that can still do that. In fact, one of them they in his rework they did it so that. Um, if when you trapped enemies in the other dimension, you could one of your other abilities would time stop all the enemies as well as all of your bullets. So like you could fire a bunch of projectiles like at enemies and they'd just be frozen. And then like once you either the ability timer ran out or you toggled it off, like all the bullets would just fly straight at the enemies. <laughs> nice. Which is like sounds neat, but then you do it with other players, and then the, no one can kill the enemies without just doing melee, and then it's like oh, and they actually uh, disabled or shoot, what was it? I think they stopped projectiles from being frozen. So, but enemies still are. I think yeah, that should be it. <laughs> but Warframe gets a lot of tweaks. It's hard to keep track sometimes. Yep. 
But yeah, so I managed to get all the pieces for him uh, through farming, but I, so I have all the pieces built. I just need his overall bl blueprint. I'm still farming for that. But uh, that's pretty much it on Warframe, other than just like doing some of the daily sorties and other stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll just go right into the other MMO or whatever. <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen. Been playing a lot of that too. Surprise! Um, yeah, surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so much. Let's see. I guess biggest thing I don't think I talked about it last time, or it didn't happen last time. But uh, in their one of their new areas, the land of Eureka, I've talked about before. But I finally got around to getting my character to the max level twenty in there, as well as defeated the. Uh, final or the big uh, world boss in that area, Pazuzu. <laughs> huh. um, so yeah, I, I was able to finally upgrade or get my fully upgraded relic weapon from that. So that was a fun thing to finally finish. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, I've I'm I actually just recently finished. Fully ranking up the uh, Namazu Beast Tribe. They're the catfishes. So I, I finally was able to buy the giant shrine mount that has a bunch of the Namazu carrying me around throughout the world. Like one of those things where you're like being carried on like a throne or something? Yeah, kind of. It's like, because it's like sort of like, you know, like a shrine that you would carry in like a festival and you're just sort of hanging off the side of it. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I mean, the whole storyline of the Namazu Beast Tribe is that it's like they're trying to throw this big festival. So it's like you're, like, at several points, like, you help them, like, figure out new events to be in it. Ah, gotcha. But, yeah. One of oh, one of the other things is that they, they actually do, uh, like, a Burning Man kind of thing. Like, they have, like, a giant uh, effigy that is, like, on fire. <laughs> and you can get that as a out, outdoor uh, housing decoration as well huh that's kind of funny but yeah so yeah i've got one of those sitting on my lawn and i'm sure my neighbors are like what the fuck is up with this guy <laughs> but yeah uh oh also i don't i think yeah this came out uh the they released their new um deep dungeon they called it uh this one is titled heaven on high and this is a neat little thing. It's it actually sort of is like a more classic uh, RPG thing, and it's like you actually are like in a like dungeon crawler, and your level is like independent of. Or it's like this this game mode has its own level system compared to you know your regular level, so you can actually like you, your character levels up really quickly in it, and so you can try out all like other classes and see how they play at a higher level. As well as, like, neat little things, like, uh, you get, like, you can actually get items that summon, uh, primals in the game. So you can, like, summon Ifrit, and he'll wipe out the entire floor of monsters, so you can go onto the next floor. So, yeah, actually just started, um, up with a group of people, and we're trying to climb to floor 100, and we, we made it to floor 60, but we took a break, and now we need to, I think we're gonna... Start playing again today or tomorrow. When you get to floor 100, that's when Sword Art Online ends, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's how this works. 
yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it definitely we're starting to hit some of the difficult floors. Or it's like, because uh, we, we actually only had like five minutes left when we completed the last set of ten floors. So <laughs> we're like, really need to step up our game. <laughs> yeah, that about does it for 14. Uh, I'll talk about something less grindy <laughs> before I get into the other stuff. But um, well, I guess at uh, E3... I think I'm pretty sure I mentioned it on the podcast there, but it's like the Tales of Asperia remaster was announced, and I was so happy and can't wait. So I actually went back and decided to do a new game plus of Tales of Basaria, since I was like so happy about more Tales, or well, about Tales of Asperia getting a remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I'm actually a little worried because. <laughs> Like the game combat speed of the Tales games have gotten like faster as it has progressed, and so I'm actually worried. Like playing the game speed of Viserys when I go back to play Vesperia, the slower comboing of that game is might be a double-edged sword. But I, I'm still, I, I'm pretty sure I will still enjoy it because Vesperia was definitely in the. I think it's my top. I know. It's hard to judge, but yeah, it's it's up there in terms of Tales games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I maybe mean, they'll like update the combat speed for the remake or something. Uh, I I don't know. From what I've seen, I don't think so. It it it's also just like Tales of Basaria has a combat system where you're actually using a special attack for all of your attacks. But, um, and Tales of Asperia is like back in the it's like where you just are doing like a normal three hit combo and then throwing in some special attacks to combo that and that was my phone <laughs> but yeah so yeah it, I'm sure I'll have fun regardless it's like it, it is mm-hmm. it'll finally be nice to play that extra content that was on the PS3 version that never made it here Yep. <laughs> um, then let's see here. Eh. And then I also played this a while ago. It's a little game called Wizard of Legend. It's like a roguelike m- magic game, or where you yeah, it's it's a roguelike game. You get different spells you can use. Uh, go figure. <laughs> Wizard in the title. <laughs> yeah, I never would have guessed that. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah. It's like a friend of mine bought it, and there's actually a co-op mode, and that's how I was I was playing it with him. And it's like it's neat. Like you get like you get four magic slots, and it's like it, one slot's like for a basic attack, which is like a small set of moves, and it's like another small set of moves. One is like it's a dash attack that you always have, and then like you have like a another like you know bigger spells one and then a ultimate spell that you can set and so this one you guys were playing at uh vanime yeah that was that one okay yeah that looked pretty cool yeah it's like like pixely kind of art style and uh yeah there's like oh yeah like because the magic you have like five different elements i think it was like fire ice lightning earth and heart wind. Oh, no heart. 
No, sorry. No, no Captain Planet summoning in this game. Dang it. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like the uh, flow of the game is like it's like two stages on uh, like it's like uh, you it randomly picks what elemental worlds you start in. So it's like and you do like two stages in that world and then you fight the super boss at the end of the two stages and you do that for like the th- like three worlds and then you go fight the final boss which is uh yeah quite intensive a fight <laughs> we we managed to get to the final boss me and my friend once and then it was just like we like just barely managed to beat him and then he went and it's like that's not even my final form like damn it <laughs> and then we died so yeah but i mean yeah it was fun to play and just experiment with because then it's like you know it's like the spells that you get in the while you're fighting you can then like you know use to like reset your spells for your next run so there's there are a lot of spells to play with one combo i liked using was like like there's a simple spell that like puts like some ice uh swords like around your character and then i also had the uh another spell that was like that but like put like ice snowflakes that like in a further circle rotating your character it's like you just cast those both at once and like enemies just can't get close to you (laughs) it was fun but yeah so that was that uh and i guess also in uh smaller games uh i also played a little bit of moonlighter which is thanks to andy downloading it to my ps4 (laughs) whoops (laughs) But yeah, that's a game where you are running your own store and at, by day and at night going into a dungeon to get things to sell into your store or sell in your store. I still haven't played it myself, actually. I, <laughs> I need to sit down and do that. Yeah. I never did play the uh, that other the game that is that one's like, what's it? Reseteer. Reseteer, yeah. I always forget what that one's called. But, um, so I, I don't know how to compare it to that one, but for this one, I mean, I, I like, you know, did the basic gameplay loop of going to the dungeon, selling stuff in the shop, but the, the dungeon, the actual combat in the dungeon just felt a little sluggish to me and not as satisfying. So it was just like, for me, it was just like, okay, I experienced the basic gameplay loop, but I don't really feel like continuing too much, but I don't know. Maybe maybe someone else will like the combat. It just felt too slow and for me. I mean, I I haven't played the released version, but I did play it at uh, E3 last year, and I remember the combat being mostly okay. Like I, I guess what you're saying, like it wasn't like particularly fast paced or whatever. But I thought I recall it being all right. I mean, basically Zelda like. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, if I was, you know, like, playing, if if I didn't have a bunch of other stuff to play, it's not off-putting to not want to play it, but it was, like, not, the combat definitely didn't make it stand out of a bunch of the other stuff I have to play. <laughs> yeah, I guess the big standout thing would be the selling stuff in your shop, Yeah, and how much that, you know, is interesting to you or not. 
I mean, yeah, kind of interesting, but it's like, because you have to go into the dungeon and do that combat to get the stuff to sell in your shop. It's like, eh. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and then also played some Destiny 2, which I'm sure people were expecting. I just was trying to not t- talk about all three of those games at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, God, what have I even done in that? It's like they they had a recently they recently released the prestige versions of their uh, two raid layers, which I have not gotten around to trying because yeah, I need to get people together for that. <laughs> yep. Well, that and like I think it really that released the weekend of or the week of Comic Con, so I really wasn't around for much of it. But yeah, also released in that new patch though was the. Uh, a hidden quest for a an exotic sniper rifle that is familiar to many people of the original Destiny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this one was like uh, a quest to get the exo- the Whisper of the Worm sniper rifle, which has the infamous perk White Nail, which is from the original Destiny One game, the Black Hammer, which is a sniper rifle that has a three round clip. If you manage to land all three of those uh, bullets as a crit, your magazine instantly refills with free ammo. (laughs) And so, yeah, against bosses that have a a massive crit spot, you could just infinite shoot right into their face and never run out of ammo. Yeah. But, yeah, it was so good in Destiny 1 that they actually had to nerf it before (laughs) when they re-released it in the second year of Destiny 1. Yeah, it uh, quite a hell of a quest. And have you have you finished it yet? Yeah, I got it last week. Oh, nice. Yeah, I yeah. still haven't. I played a little bit of Destiny. I didn't put say it on my list, but I played like once or twice the past couple weeks. But I'm still not very highlight. Like I think I'm three seventy two or three seventy three. I guess you need to be three eighty for that quest. Yeah, you might be able to get two people at a higher at the max rank to be able to drag you through it, but yeah, it's the weird the thing that's it's like it's neat and also kind of sucks at the same time is that the way you do it is that it was like it was you actually have to go to the planet Io and there's like a hidden like if during a particular public event there was a guy that spawns somewhere on the map. If you kill him, it opens a portal to the quest. The thing about this that sucks is that, um, like, I got home from Comic-Con on Sunday, and I was just, like, tried to hop on with some people to try to do it. At that point, they were already, like, some people waiting, like, a couple hours for that public event to spawn, because it, it wasn't spawning for a while. And it took, like, another six hours until that public event spawned again. <laughs> yeah, I think Dave was saying something about that on the main cast the other day. Yeah. Like, sure there was, was a the... point where that quit, that public event didn't spawn for like eight hours or something and yeah. finally Bungie was like uh we're looking into it and then it spawned like immediately after that yeah which sure is all repeated information for anyone who's familiar with it but yeah it was not fun just waiting around for that to happen but you know and then it's like because that's the thing is also then like you get into it and like the first like uh, the first half of it is just pure platforming and you have to be able to run through that, like those jumps and stuff like fast to be able to have enough time for the combat. So like, I'm like, I'll help some people through this, 
But I'm like, yeah, Eric, no. Eric can just try to figure this out at some point on his own. There's no way I'm waiting for him to figure out this platforming. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Eric. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to do it with Abby when he's drunk? Oh, God. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, that. Oh, God, no. (laughs) No. Uh, PTSD, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so... Yeah, I guess that's really the only big thing in Destiny was that, and... Oh, I, I also managed to finish my new Monarchy faction rally, which meant I actually got to rank 50 on all three factions in the very limited amount of time Bungie allowed us to do that, and I so hope to God that is not the case in Forsaken again. <laughs> Law. Ah, uh, faction. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry, faction grind was not fun. Uh, yeah, especially when I was like gone for like four days of the week for Comic Con. <laughs> Definitely had to grind that one hard. Uh, phrasing. Um. But yeah, and then uh, let's see what else. Oh, I also played a little bit more of the Blaze Blue cross tag battle because uh. Yang came out, completing the Ruby cast. So, it's fun to play as her for a little bit. Not that I play that game competitively at all anyway. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was... One funny thing when I started playing as her, though, was that the the music that plays when you select her is uh, Armed and Ready, which I was like, wait a minute, that's a Season 4 song, and... Like, all the character appearances are from seasons, like, one through three. And I'm like, I guess they decided just to do that for Yang? (laughs) I mean, they just picked cool music. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, Yang has some of my favorite songs. Because also, um, it's funny, too, because, like, Yang's semblance, or, like, her special power is that, like, she gets more powerful when she takes damage. And uh, that's actually reflected in-game, but when you actually get to, like, critical health, she just, like, uh, force casts the install that makes her more powerful and actually uh, overrides whatever music is currently playing with I Burn, which is, like, her first song. So, fun details. Huh. So it's basically like the Awakening State in Persona 4 Arena. Yeah. But yeah, so that was fun. Uh, played a little bit more of the story because it's like before I just played the Ruby and I went down the Persona story. The Persona story was not great. <laughs> well, I, I mean, depends on how you judge it. It's just for for the Persona story, it was like it was less. It was like it had even less to do with being a crossover because it was just like the Persona cast all managed to like run into each other and it's like. Hey, we're all together, and we're just going through this <laughs> instead of yeah. But then you're fighting against the other casts. Yeah, I mean, you're fighting against the other cast, but it was like it definitely it felt like less like the Persona cast interacting with everyone as much as just sort of ending up in fights with the other people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, though the ending was hilarious when apparent when it just triggered uh, a bunch of the, all the other characters to be in the Persona world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> For an hour-long crossover <laughs> game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, actually did a little bit of playing on my Switch. Got to round, uh, the 
Splatoon 2 single-player uh, Octo DLC came out, and uh, yeah, that was that was like a set of 80 challenges or like challenge maps, which vary greatly in what they ask you to do. <laughs> but uh, it was fun to actually manage to beat all of them. Like, uh, like some of them were just like, okay, like go through a regular stage and like. That's maybe a little more tricky than usual. One of them was like, ride around on all these grind rails shooting targets and hope to God you don't miss one, otherwise you just sort of insta-fail. <laughs> um, to the more creative ones, that was like, uh, play a game of pool with limited ink. So it was like Aww. you had to make sure you uh, timed your... Er, set up all your shots right because you had maybe like seven shots and then you fail if you didn't hit all the targets with the uh, eight balls huh but yeah it was it was very neat how they um had uh, that wide variety of challenges and then the uh the story final boss was quite an experience and it was it's funny how they used like some of the game mechanics as uh, little gimmicks in that fight, and then the hidden final boss is a motherfucker of a fight. <laughs> Cause yeah, that fight is like, hey, how, how do you like fighting someone who has near perfect aim the entire time, and yeah, <laughs> manages to spam supers at you, but yeah, managed to beat that fight as well. So it's fun. And then, uh, spe- speaking of difficulty, I also picked up Hollow Knight for the Switch because a couple of my friends were talking about it, and uh, yeah, that was some. It was fun to play another like 2D Metroidvania with also some Dark Souls. It's like if you die, you lose all your money. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, gotten decently far. I think I've managed to wake the three dreamers, but. Uh, need to get back to it and so, yeah it's but yeah all the jumping dashing and fighting it it just it feels really tight and satisfying when you like get the combat down in that game mm-hmm. but yeah uh so yeah it's mostly what i've been playing cool well then i guess we will go to our break oh oh uh, actually you talking about very tight uh, platforming and satisfying gameplay. I guess we didn't mention that uh, they finally announced a release date for Guacamelee 2. Oh, right. Yeah, that's coming out next month. Yep. Or this month, depending on when this releases. <laughs> it will probably be this month, as in August, because I don't think there's any way I'm getting this up in the next two days. And we'll probably try to release on a Thursday like normal. But, yeah, looking forward to Guacamelee 2. Yeah, I can't wait. More chickens. <laughs> you beat me to saying it. <laughs> yep. Well, I guess we will go to a quick break and then come back with what we're watching and uh, and a move of the month. And I guess a quick bit from about Comic-Con, right? Yep. All the All right. panels that I went to. All right.
we're back with uh, some more stuff. I guess why it's going to kick it off with a report from Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I was, was at Comic Con this last weekend, and uh, honestly, it kind of was happened out of nowhere because a friend of mine managed to get some codes that were like you could get a badge without having to have gone through the regular registration process. I don't know how he came by these codes, but I'm thankful for him. <laughs> I mean, Suspy does Suspy things. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's if you volunteer or a high enough level of volunteer. I, I don't know exactly. Yeah, that's probably what it was. He does a lot of volunteering for different cons. But yeah. Including, so. I think, uh, San Diego in the past. <laughs> but yeah, the... Uh, managed to get a ticket for Friday and... Or no, sorry. Thursday and Friday. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's actually one of the friends I was going with. It was his first time at Comic-Con, so it was really fun. It's like, yeah, that Thursday we just mostly walked the show floor, like, showing him the sights of, like, damn, this is a big convention. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, I have not been to San Diego Comic-Con either. Well, maybe next year when we more plan out the availability of tickets out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, so I mean we could probably try getting press passes, but oh yeah, I guess we could do that too. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, but yeah, it's like so yeah, you know, we're walking around the show floor. Like it was neat seeing all the different booths. Like it was great walking by the Lego booth and seeing this like giant uh, Lego Thanos with Infinity Gauntlet, uh, as well as like <laughs> walked by. I don't know if it was Disney or whatever's booth, but it was like they had a Baymax because of the, the Big Hero 6 TV show. It was like one of my friends, like, I, I went up, like, he went up and I took a picture of, like, he did the fist bump and then blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of fun just walking around the show floor, buying Andy his convention exclusive cards. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I also, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't tell you about it. But I think I might have an extra. But uh, I actually also went to uh, Squ- or Square Enix's booth, Was had the Final Fantasy card game, and got a couple of convention-exclusive cards from them, too. Was it the Lightning? Uh, no. Uh, shoot, what was it? One of them was uh, the, actually the, the male main character from World of Final Fantasy. Oh, huh. <laughs> Because yeah. I was like, A, I didn't realize they were there, and B, they were at E3, and I got a promo from them at E3, so I figured they'd probably have the same ones there, but man, if they did something different. Yeah. Oh, no. Actually, here's what it was, was um, every day they were giving out a different exclusive just for walking by their booth, um, and then if you played the demo... They also had two cards that were uh, shinies that were, I guess, exclusives as well. Oh wow! Yeah, and the the two cards you could choose from was the uh, like the shiny, whatever that guy's name was, <laughs> as or a uh, shiny uh, Laguna from Final Fantasy VIII. But uh, hilariously, the when we went to do that playtest on Thursday, the regular Laguna was the card they were just giving out. So I was just like, well, I guess I'll take the shiny of the other guy. <laughs> Lol. But, uh, yeah. 
I also at, at Square Enix's booth there was the Kingdom Hearts three, but that line was also capped the second that the convention opened. So it was like, yeah, didn't bother trying to do that again. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, and also it was like, and they also had the Tomb Raider demo that I'm like that I played at E three, and I'm like, yeah, this seems familiar. <laughs> it's funny walking by all that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's. It's an experience, Comic-Con. But, yeah, I also managed to go to a few panels. And uh first one I went to was actually the uh, Spyro panel about the remaster. And uh, it was quite a panel because <laughs> not, not only it's like, so, I mean, I didn't really look entirely at the thing beforehand. But, yeah, it was actually hosted by Jeff Keighley. And then they had, like, not only like the staff from Toys for Bob which are doing the remaster but they also mm-hmm. had like actual like people from Insomniac Games come too. I mean Ted Price that was, was pretty there. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like wow. They uh it's like it's nice to see all that as well as they had the uh Tom Kenny, the voice of Spyro um and uh the composer of the original Spyro soundtrack uh Stuart Copeland? I can't remember if I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> but yeah, which I was did not know that he did that because apparently he was also like the drummer from the police. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I was like, wow, learning about the original games that I didn't even know. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was fun like seeing them all talk about it. Uh one of the interesting things mentioned was like how it's like they like, the Toys for Bob was, like, they couldn't get, like, level data from the original game. Or, like, like Insomniac lost it or something. Don't, I don't think they said exactly why they couldn't send it. So what the Toys for Bob did was they actually developed software that could, like, that um, was, like, they emulated the original PS1 games. And then, like, while that was being played... They had this software that was, like, capturing all the Vertex data and stuff so that they could actually get all the level data from the original game. Huh. Wow. So, yeah, that was neat. I remember they ran into similar issues with Crash, right? They said that a lot of the stuff when um, they were remastering Crash, they couldn't get a lot of the older data, so they had to recreate a bunch of it. And I think at the time – I don't remember if it was Toys for Bob who was doing that one too. But they were saying that they, like, took videos – and basically calculated like crashes, jumping speed, and stuff from videos of the old game. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't look. I didn't see as much behind the scenes on crash stuff, but yeah, that doesn't surprise me if they also lost that data. Yeah, but yeah, and then I guess with with them, I don't know if this is directly related, but it's funny to just say it's like I guess because they thought they they didn't they couldn't get all that original data. They also had to, it was like the, the guy who was doing the music for the remaster mentions how he was like, you know, listening to the music and then recreating it. And it's hilarious just to see the, the original composer go. It's like, uh, it's like just like, like hugs him on the back. It's like, you know, I actually had like all the original MIDI files if you just contacted me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, there was like a miscommunication between studios or something. It's just, it was hilarious just to, like, see that happen. And, uh, and it was, like, they also, that's where they announced that, uh, you know, it was, like, right then and there, it was, like, hey, it's, like, 
if you want to, you can switch to the original soundtrack and the remasters. So neat to see that. And it was like, you know, like throughout the panel, they were showing comparison footage of the old, like the original game and the new game, and it's it's looking good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. There's like one other. Oh yeah, they also like talked about how like <laughs> when they like were doing the original soundtrack, it was like you know they they had a bunch of test ones made, and it was like when they were like playing them in the office, it's just like okay, which one did everyone like the most? And it's just like they all selected, you know, the one that they went with, and they're like, "Yeah, haha, that's the drummer from the police." There's no way he'll do the music for this game. <laughs> and then <laughs> the, their other person was like, "Watch me." <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just really fun panel. Cool. And uh, yeah, Let's see, that was I think the only panel we went to on Thursday because again, mostly just the show floor. Um, on Friday, we were actually planning to go to more panels on Friday, but, uh, yeah, I haven't been to Comic-Con in a few years, and I forgot just how much ahead you need to plan to go to some panels. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, one of the ones we wanted to go to was for the new Invader Zim movie that's coming out, which I was forgot that that was a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, so unfortunately we got there too late and like we were only like 10 people away before the room got capped. So RIP. Yep. And uh unfortunately continued that not planning ahead enough. Well, god, this one was even worse. Um wanted to go to the final space panel. But the unfortunate thing we did not plan on, as I should have looked ahead, was the final space panel also right after it was the Bob's Burgers panel, and then right after that was the Archer panel, which was hilarious because then it's like, you know, it's just that, what is it, H. John Benjamin, or I'm totally fucking up his name, I don't know, something close to that. (laughs) It's like, you know, voices both main characters, and it's like, he's just like, goes out for that Bob's Burgers panels and then it just, I guess just goes right back behind the screen and then comes out again for the Archer panel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure there are people squatting in the room for those two panels. Oh yeah, yeah, they were. There were. The line when we got there was like way too long. We were not getting in for the final space panel. Hell, even before that, like I think it was the adults, like uh, at least like a couple of the adult swim shows were in that same room too. So I'm sure people that even wanted to like just go in for those and then were staying for Bob's Burgers because Comic Con doesn't clear rooms. Yeah, that's always seemed like pretty shitty to me. It's like you can't get into a panel you want to go to because there's a popular panel afterwards. Yeah, people are just squatting, but. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's kind of weird though, because like if you, you know, if you wanted to go to the Bob's Burgers and Archer panel, it's like if you got in line for Bob's Burgers and then got kicked out, then you wouldn't be in in line for the Archer panel. It's like I get that there. It's like there's no winners either way. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it it sucks. But um, the other panel. I mean, they should do some like app based queuing or something. Be like, all right, what panels do you want to go to, and then you can. You know, when you get to the door, you just show them the app and they scan something, kind of like they do at uh, E3 with um, the VR games. 
Yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. It's there's I'm not sure yeah, exactly I mean, what they can do. It's it's all just kind of like it's like some advantages this way, but then other people might Yeah, I mean, they're Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just yeah, I could see that system getting overwhelmed. I don't and I don't know how they would deal with that. Yeah, I guess it's true. Like, I mean, there <laughs> there's like it's like, you know, walking by the Hall H line that is just like so many tents just sitting on the outside of the convention hall because people just get in line like n- days before to get into Hall H stuff. And yeah, <laughs> Hall H is just infamous at this point. <laughs> but yeah. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, another panel we managed to at least get into was the, um, it's, it, it was funny, it was, it was titled God of War Reimagining a Legend, but it wasn't actually focused on God of War. It was really focused on the Reimagining a Legends part. It was, because it was like, it had, you know, the God, guy from God of War there with the new game, but it also was like the, uh, the director of the new King Kong movie and the director, or the, the writer or the director, I, but yeah, involved with the new King Kong movie, and then also the main guy involved with the new Daredevil series on Netflix. So it was just funny that it was billed with God of War in the lead title. Huh, yeah. But yeah, it was, you know, it was like, it, the, the one fun thing about that was like, because it was like three different people from like, you know, not the same thing, but like each their own thing, like they were like more uh, better interacting with each other like it was just funny like see like one person mention something and like the other two be like oh yeah i really love when you did that which you wouldn't necessarily get when you have like people all from the same office yeah but yeah um the (laughs) but yeah it was uh it was neat like hearing them all talk about that as uh and there were some pretty great jokes like um well apparently uh, found out this uh, in the Daredevil in shoot what was like the episode where uh, Kingpin is like starting to like realize that he's uh, not necessarily a, the best a great kind of guy and is sort of more the vi- villain it was uh-huh. like there's that I uh, it's like speech or thing it was like that was like from the Bible or whatever and it was like Apparently that wasn't in the original script and it was like they it was like they kind of he was talking about how they needed to like add some time in that one episode and so he just sort of googled it and then put it in there <laughs> and it still <laughs> wow. it wounds up you know being like this one of the great moments of the series <laughs> it's just hilarious to hear that it's kind of funny when those things end up like that like the uh, scene in um Indiana Jones where the guy does like the whole sword thing, and then Indiana Jones just like shoots him. <laughs> yeah, like that was apparently just um, uh, what's his face getting pissed off at having to redo the scene so many times. He's just like, "All right, I'm just gonna sh- pretend to shoot him," and the director was like, "Oh, hey, that was actually pretty cool. Let's go with that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of stuff like that too, was uh, this random tidbit that came about, but apparently. Um, I think one of them was saying it's like how they was like actually like they had talked with like the developers of Journey, uh-huh. um, and apparently like at, 
when like you like uh, get to the very end of journey and you're like you know you're getting to the top of the mountain and it like goes to white spoilers spoilers <laughs> <laughs> okay you know what the hilarious part is I just realized that that was actually a thing in the panel too was that like some they they talked about the ending of God of War and then said spoilers and it was a whole thing throughout the whole panel that was like uh you don't say spoilers after you spoil it yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was, uh, but, um, it was funny. The thing apparently was that, uh, during a playtest session, the thing was, that happened was that when someone got to the end of the game in the playtest session, that it apparently, the, like, you know, someone from the company was overseeing it, and it was like, the game glitched out right at the end, and it's like, the the screen went to white, and then the playtester apparently, like, went over to the guy, it was like, it's like, hey, that was, like, really neat at the end how it went to white. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was it's great that that was, like, inspired by a glitch. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, and then, yes, and, and another funny playtest kind of glitch, but not really story, was, like, um, was the God of War guy talked about how he was just, like, during a playtest session, um, one of the guys was, like, in the boat and was, like, you know, got went with the boat up to the dock but didn't undock. And he was talking about, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's, like, the, uh, like, getting out of the boat was, like, a really big problem that had a lot of glitches with it. So he's, like, really, really worrying. And then, um, like, you know, then the guy finally gets off the boat and, you know, it worked and when they talked to him after the playtest was over, he was just like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't want to get off right away because I was really interested in the stories that were that Kratos and his son were talking about. And it was like, it was how he t- said, like, that was just really great how that moment was, like, really solidified that. I, I did that a lot, too, actually, where <laughs> I'd be playing, and I was like, oh, Mamir's telling a story. I kind of want to hear the end of this. And they do that thing where if you get off the boat... Um, Mamira will be like, hold on a second, let me finish this later. And then they'll like, they'll finish it later. But usually I'm listening to it, I'm like, well, I don't want to like, come back to it in the middle of it. So like, I'm just gonna sit here on the boat next to the dock until he finishes the story and then get off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, same here too. It's just, yeah, it's just really funny to see that, yeah, that came up in a playtest session and it was just like, I thought it was a glitch, but it, no, it was someone actually, you know, really appreciating the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and, and like another, fun comment was like you know it was the it was like they asked it was like the daredevil and the king kong guy was like would you consider directing a god of war movie and their their response was like you know up until this most recent game i probably would have said no but you know since this god of war came out it's just like i would love to (laughs) yeah but yeah it's i mean the old games were fun and I definitely enjoyed them, but I wouldn't say the story was the draw in the old ones. It was there, and you could follow it along, but it was, like, super melodramatic, you know, God-v-God stuff, and not really, like, the intimate, kind of interesting story we got with the remake, not the remake, but with the new one. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, another little, I don't, I'm, people have already know about this one or not, but, uh, the first time I heard about it, but apparently, uh, Kratos actually had a cameo in Shovel Knight. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. <laughs> but yeah, it was when I found out about. It, apparently, he traveled through Shovel Knight, and that's how he went from it was going when he was going from Greece to uh, 
uh, Scandinavia. Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw a tweet to that effect over the weekend. I was like, that's actually kind of funny. Like, yeah, he was going from Greece, and then he ended up in Shuffle Night World for a little while. <laughs> of course, you could. See, he was also in one of the... Um, uh, what's that fighting game called? Soul Calibur. He was in a Soul Calibur game too, so oh, yeah. that must have been you know also during that that travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's go with that. All right. But yeah. all of his guest appearances are you know in between, <laughs> in between the series. Even though I think the uh, Soul Calibur he was in came out like between like two and three or something. Yeah. But yeah, and then um Yeah, let's see. So that was the God of War quotation mark panel. <laughs> um and then oh yeah, after that we went to a uh panel about the there's going to be a new Mega Man TV show which uh kind of has some mixed feelings about. <laughs> but um yeah, so the biggest thing I'll preface this with is I remember is like they said that it's like, hey, this show is going to air at six thirty AM and I'm like, Yeah, that should give you a pretty good idea of what who the target audience of this show is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh I can't remember yeah, so the new Mega Man series, it was uh it was interesting to hear them talk about it though, because they actually had the um director of the new Mega Man game coming out, Eleven. He was there, too, at the panel. So, that was neat. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely aimed more for kids. And But there are some moments that it was enjoyable to watch, like, because uh, they, they showed the premiere of the first episode there. And uh, what was neat was, you know, it's mostly, like, the 3D animation now. But, like, they did a flashback scene, and it was in, like, classic 2D pixels, and it looked, it was pretty fun to see that. But, um, yeah, they, they, they did show, like, uh, a bunch of pictures of, like, all the different characters that are going to be in it, and one of the characters they showed off is Man Man. And, uh, what? It, it's a character that is based off of the original artwork of the original Mega Man game. Oh, like the cover art guy. Yeah, the cover art guy. The guy who was in Street Fighter vs. Tekken. <laughs> yup. But yeah, it's like, it, like they show him and he's got like the armor. It's like, you know, it's like a regular human and he has that like armor on that is like cardboard that's duct taped to his body. So, yeah. I mean, it was just funny just to see it. And What's like, his power? <laughs> Explaining things to people? Yeah, I didn't go into his powers, if really that he has any, because what was great was they asked the uh, uh, Mega Man 11 director, it was just like, what are you most looking forward to see in the show? And it was like, he, he was like, I'm curious to see what, uh, I'm curious to see Man Man in action. And, th- and then the, the other guy's like, I don't know if action is the right word. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But yeah, so... I mean, it seems like a good thing to watch, like, you know, if your parent, watch it with your kids. But yeah, so... 
Yeah, it's yeah. There, there are, again some moments that I liked, but otherwise it's yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that uh, does it for the panels that I managed to get into. Cool. Uh. But yeah. Oh, and um. So yeah, as I said, we only had tickets for Thursday and Friday, but Saturday we uh, walked around the convention center because I don't know if people know as much, but like Comic Con takes over downtown San Diego. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like there's like even if you don't have a ticket, there's stuff happening in like the hotels and the restaurants and other things around the convention center that you don't necessarily actually need a badge to get into. Like, um, like even their game rooms are in the hotel next door, and you don't need a badge to go into them. It's like, uh, wow. They actually had a, a separate pin uh, room just for, like, a bunch of pinball games. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like, we actually, you know, went in there, played a few rounds on a couple machines. I think the best one was they actually... I didn't know this existed, but they had a, they have a pinball machine based off of the Adam West Batman TV show. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so it was just like... It was just, you know, like, doing that, and, like, apparently you could actually get, like, bat gadgets. I don't think any of us got any, because we're not all that great at pinball. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was, like, I was like one other thing was, like, you know, like, the the bat phone was on there that you could, like, hit, and it would, like, call cause, like, you know, go, uh, the Batman to get called, and... But, yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um... But yeah, it's like yeah, it's just fun walking around there too. Oh, also, there was like one area where they had a a giant like I don't know if it was life size enough, probably not. But there was like an inflated uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. And it was I like how it's Stay Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters, not like from <laughs> Stay Puff Marshmallows. It was. I mean, granted, if it's a if it's a giant one, it's probably from, it's from the movie, but. Yeah, it's kind I mean, because it, it's advertising Ghostbusters World, which I never actually looked into. I saw it and I'm like, I don't know what that is. Is there new Ghostbusters? I mean, there was the new one that came out two years ago <laughs> that split the internet in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and like in in the same because yeah, it was like in this one area that had a bunch of different things. In that same area, they also had a. Like giant shark for advertising Shark Week, which like you could go and take pictures of, and then uh, at one point they actually the megalodon. <laughs> I don't think it was a megalodon, eh, maybe, Aww. but it was like at one point they actually because like they had a surfboard sitting in the shark's mouth, but at one point they actually like took it out and then like put in like one of those like wooden beach chairs in there and like actually had the shark like crush it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's like, if anyone ever, like, thinking about going to Comic-Con or can't get tickets, you know, I mean, it, I, it, sure, just going, if you have to fly out there, it might not be worth it, but it's always fun just to be in the area. And, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, one, one other thing was, like, saw, saw some protesters. Of course, because they're at, like, fucking everything. But uh, it's always great to see the counter-protesters. <laughs> because, uh... Yep. 
like a couple of them were holding signs. There's like one one of them was like, "Do or do not. There is no God. There is only the Force." <laughs> yeah, or uh, the ability to protest Comic Con attendees is insignificant next to the power of the Force. But yes, yeah, I so. saw that uh, Mark Hamill had a very interesting costume there. Oh God, how did I forget that? So yeah. Apparently, Mark Hamill, uh, yeah, dressed up in a Darth Vader, Donald Trump crossover costume, where, uh, yeah, it was like the, he had the Darth Vader mask, like, in orange color and had Donald Trump hair on top of it, and, uh, on the back of his shirt it said, make the Death Star great again, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it wasn't revealed, he didn't, like, reveal that he was that until after Comic-Con was over, cause, uh, apparently... We saw him <laughs> nice. when we were like in a restaurant for lunch and I was just like, I was like, Oh, Hey, that was a neat crossover costume. And it's just like, you know, just as that guy, as he walked by and then, yeah, just seeing the news, it's like, Hey, that was Mark Hamill. It's like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, I, I have no, kind of like when Adam Savage goes somewhere and dresses up as like Totoro. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God, I didn't realize it was Adam Savage. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. We actually like just as we were walking to that restaurant, there were there was like a parade of like three Totoros too, and we were like, I wonder if Adam Savage is in one of those. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that one's a lot harder to like. Was it that one Totoro that Adam Savage, or was it other people? But yeah, this one was definitely <laughs> Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think there were many people wearing that costume. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, oh, did see someone dressed up as the um, real P-Tape. <laughs> what? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so they were just dressed up as a giant VHS and uh, yeah, as, as that tape that Russia has on Trump or whatever. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, not going to f- comment much more on that one, but yeah. <laughs> Some cra- fine. crazy cosplay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so not only did I go to Comic-Con, but actually (laughs) went to another event, uh, a lot closer to around when E3 was, but, uh, there was a concert for Final Fantasy XIV that, uh, was the Eorzean Symphony, and, uh, so yeah, I was, actually went to that, was in, down in LA, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, (laughs) <laughs> really nice to go see that or hear that music live in person as well as some of the funny stuff that they did for it like uh the director producer Yoshi P was there and like came out and it was just like like because like everyone was like clapping for the music and it was like he actually it was like funny that you mentioned like all the clapping was like a really high DPS <laughs> um but yeah, it's also like they, two of their other big songs, or uh, like more powerful songs was played there was like Answers and Dragon Song. So Susan Calloway was also there to sing those. And yeah, those songs really have an impact <laughs> if you know the game. <laughs> nice. Um, as well as like Sorkin was there. He does, he's like the head music guy on the game. Um, what was really funny was the, um, the, they played the, uh, 
first part of the battle music for the Alexander fight. And um, the <laughs> part of that fight is that Alexander actually stops time. And so, like, you have to, you know, make sure your characters are pre-positioned because then it's like everyone gets frozen and the attacks go off. But mm-hmm. the funny part about that is that, like, in the game, like, everything stops, like, even the music. So when they actually started playing the song, it was, like, in the middle of it, they just stopped to do, to like, nice. as they were doing the mechanic. And it was just, like, like you, you just see, like, the conductor, like, just frozen, like, mid-pose. Like, they didn't, like, all, like, go to a resting position. They just completely froze. It was really fun, funny to see that in real life. It was... I'd love touches like that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. But yeah, so yeah, it was it was fun going to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the events that I went to. Cool. Well, then I guess I will talk about what I've been watching recently. Um, not a whole lot. I'm since it's been a couple weeks. Haha. Ha. Um, <laughs> kind of added up, but I, I didn't feel like I've been watching a whole lot. But I have gone out to see a couple movies, so uh, since last time I went and saw Deadpool 2, which was pretty good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Saw that with my friends. Actually, I think I saw it before last episode, but we, f- we forgot to talk about it, so <laughs> put it in this one. But uh, that was that was good. I, I really liked that. Um, and then Ant-Man 2. Or Ant-Man and the Wasp, I should say. Which I also thought was pretty good. Yeah, that that end credit scene, though. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So, they said ahead of time, like, oh, the end credit scene will explain why Ant-Man wasn't at the fight in Infinity War. And I don't know that it really does that, but I mean, the movie itself did, because it was like he was under house arrest and wasn't allowed to use the... What suit anyway? Yeah, that that was actually more of the explanation. I thought was the whole um, spoilers for Ant Man, by the way. <laughs> minor minor spoilers um, was the whole fact that uh, the suit was like shrunk down and he had hit it after the uh, Civil War stuff. So I guess that's kind of an explanation for why he wasn't there. And then I was listening to a podcast; they were talking about Ant Man too, and they were like, "Well, you know, it kind of makes sense because you think about." The first part of the movie in Infinity War is New York, and it's like, you know, a short fight. And then after that, most of the stuff that happens is only like a day or two afterwards, and it's mostly like in Captain. Wakanda. Yeah, and it's in Wakanda, so it's like not everyone's going to know that shit's going down in Wakanda. Or the other thing that happens is um, with Vision, and that's all at nighttime, and again, like a very short scene. So it's not like there was a whole lot of time for someone to go, oh, hey, we should call, you know, this one guy. Um, especially cause like, you know, I don't know. No one just thought like, Hey, we really need the Ant-Man. It was kind of like everyone's scrambling to get ready for, for this thing. And yeah, it seems a little bit more plausible when you consider like the timeline of how, how stuff went down in infinity war. Okay. Spoilers over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ant-Man was pretty good. Uh, I am interested. I've been hesitantly looking at, um, some of the pre-production stuff from uh, the next movie and apparently they've there's been a casting call for an aged up version of uh, Scott's daughter 
So I, I forget what her name is. But, uh, yeah, so there's some rumors going around that the next Avengers is going to be some time traveling involved, and that's why they need an aged-up version of her. So that might be pretty interesting. And she was definitely – she was really good in this movie, <laughs> like a lot of her scenes. Yeah. Especially for, like, such a young actress. Yep. Yeah, it's just really great when she gave her dad the Best Grandma Award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did a good job, like, developing, developing her and and showing that she's got a, like, quirky sense of humor. I mean, you kind of got a, a bit of that in the first one when she gets that bear that's, like, looks really ugly. And she's like, oh, I love it. So <laughs> kind of expanded on that. Yeah. Uh. And then uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So I do enjoy the Jurassic the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies. I thought this one was all right. Um, it's actually – the one thing I did like is that they kind of – they start at the beginning and they make it seem like it's just going to be another Jurassic movie where it's like, oh, hey – or like basically a remake of the second one, which you could argue, argue that Jurassic World was like a remake of the first one. And then this, this one, they kind of set it up again where I'm like, oh – you know, they're going to go to the island, they're going to have to try to get some of the dinosaurs, and some people are going to die, and then it's going to, you know, that's going to be it. But um, it was actually very interesting that they, they definitely, they knew that would be the expectation, so they started it that way, and then there's kind of a bunch of stuff that happens, and it goes into a different direction. Um, I mean, it's, it was alright, it's still dumb summer blockbuster, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's funny, it's like, I, I, I was going to say, it's like, I don't... I wasn't necessarily planning on going to see it, and I still haven't, but it was just, like, because I wasn't planning on seeing it, I didn't avoid the trailers. So it was like, yeah, uh-huh. it's like, I remember seeing, like, in the first trailers, I was like, okay, so they're just, they're doing that. And then it was like, then in, like, it, as it got closer, then they do the trailers of the what the twist was, and I was like, oh, so this is a different kind of movie. Oh, so they did have some of the twist in the trailers, okay. Uh, they had a I lot mean- of the twist in the trailers. <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't remember seeing any of it, but... Um, well, unless like, there's another I, I, twist that I don't know of. I did try to avoid a lot of the trailers, so that could have been part of it. But yeah, I mean, it was fun. Like I said, it's, the first one's still obviously the best one in the, in the, in the series. <laughs> I don't think anything will ever... Uh, especially when like seeing that as a kid, just be like, oh my god, this is so cool. Uh, and then, what else did I see? So, another movie I saw in theaters, um, but an anime movie this time, was called Fireworks. So, this was a movie by Shaft, who does, like, the Pokemon Mo- Guitari series. So, you can already imagine that it has a scene of a girl looking over her shoulder with that <laughs> one pose. And you'd be correct, it did. Surprise, um, surprise, Shaft did Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. It was very interesting. It was, um, obviously it's like, you know, an original story. I, I believe it's original, original story. Um, but it felt to me like someone was like, oh, hey, we need to make our own version of your name. So they kind of worked in, there's also a bit of like, um, the girl who leapt through time, cause there's a little bit of time shenanigans kind of in this. Um, but it's very much a, you know, boy meets girl and falls in love kind of movie but it was pretty good i mean i enjoyed it um it was it was it was good the animation was obviously great because shaft worked on it and since it was a movie they had a 
bit of a bigger budget. So a couple of the more like crazy scenes were really cool. Um, and uh, it's very interesting because after the movie, they're like, stay tuned for a you know sneak preview of the next movie that we're publishing. Um, obviously for the, the, the Western company that localized it. And they ended up putting in 20 minutes, like almost 20 minutes, I think, of um, a film called Night is Short, Walk on Girl. Uh, which was actually, I thought felt like it was better, at least like the bit that we saw than fireworks. <laughs> um, did you ever see Tatami Galaxy? Uh, kind of, but not really. Oh, okay. Um, it was definitely the same team as that. So okay. that show had a very interesting art style and a very like kind of crazy animation style and everything. Oh yeah, that, and so this that was, I'm familiar with definitely. Yeah. So this followed in that same suit, um, but it looked to be about, like, this girl who's basically a knight on the town, and while well, there's a guy who's kind of been pining after her who's following her and trying to come up with reasons to come across her during this night or whatever, but um, with kind of that crazy art style and some of their very interesting, like, animation techniques, and they tend to over-exaggerate actions and stuff. It's very cool. And I definitely liked the short little bit that was at the end of this movie, so I'll probably go see that when that one comes out. I think that airs in, like, November or something, um, but they put in, you know, the first 15 or 20 minutes or whatever at the end of this one. And uh, also an anime movie that I saw in theaters was called Makia. Makia, I guess. Um, that was how they pronounced it uh, for this. But this was another um, movie. This was... The first direction by the lady who did the screenplay for um, Anohana. Oh. So uh, anyone who has watched that knows that Anohana is kind of a tearjerker. And uh, this was similar, although I felt like she kind of wanted it to be that way. So they might have they might have forced it a little bit, but overall it was pretty good. Um, the basic plot synopsis was that... Uh, the main character is this girl who lives in this tribe that um, they basically don't age once they hit, like, you know, 15 or whatever. And so because of that, when she's um, young, I mean, she's, like, 15, but obviously she's not as old as the rest of the people in her tribe. Um, her tribe gets attacked. Sorry. Uh, her tribe gets attacked, and she ends up um, separated from her tribe and ends up kind of meeting... Um, or she saves this young boy who's like two years old and ends up raising him as her son. So it's kind of interesting uh, just seeing that they go through like basically the son's whole uh, life and she's not aging, but he is. And so there's a lot of interesting kind of ways that they've twisted that. And um, there's a lot else going on. that's kind of like a subplot for other characters from her kingdom from when they got attacked and stuff. But, but that was pretty interesting. And then, of course, uh, some of the stuff from last season that I was watching. So, um, finished off uh, Sword Art Online. That was all right. I don't know. You watched that too, right? What yeah. did you think of that? I enjoyed it. it it's like, God, it feels so long ago now. Um, but yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it was funny. It's like how it how the the tournament ended. It's like you could uh, hear that from everyone in the show. All the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> leave that for you to for everyone else to find out or whatever. But um, 
Uh, shoot. <laughs> but yeah, it was... I enjoyed how the how they actually, like, played out to their combat strengths, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely... I, I don't know. I thought it was all right. It wasn't amazing, but... It is SAO, so it's not like I've come to expect too much from that series. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, Full Metal Panic 4, or Invisible Victory, um, finished off that one. That was uh, a bit of a letdown, I'll say. Yeah. Um, they don't resolve a whole lot with the ending, and they're basically like, hey, see you next season, assuming that they ever get one, because, you know, it's been like, 12 years since the last one came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also seem to have some production issues throughout the season. Yeah, that was definitely the case. Um, they, From what I understand, this season was actually like three different light novels. So not only did they have production issues, but then there was also uh, trying to cram a whole lot into 10 episodes. So... I mean, I still didn't think it was terrible, but... Wait, ten episodes? Uh, was it ten? I thought it... Did you watch the final two? Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, that was the thing was that it was, like, they did, like, four episodes of light per, like, light novel, it seemed like. And the weird thing was, was, like, it's like they did four episodes, then did a recap, then did four episodes, and did a recap, and then they did two episodes, and they're like, oh, well, we ran out of our 12-episode run limit... So then they actually, like, waited, like, two or three weeks and then released the last two episodes of the last arc. Hmm. I thought they did only two episodes of the last arc. Maybe I'm misremembering. Or I don't think I didn't watch it because I've just been watching it on Crunchyroll, so it should have updated in my feed. But, hmm. but yeah, so yeah. it was a little annoying when I, like, got back or, yeah, I was, like, looking for it on that when it was like, I thought it was going to air the next episode, and it's just like, oh, there's nothing here. Why? Yeah, sure. I, there was there was definitely a, you know, that break that I was like, why is there a new, no new uh, FMP episode? But I was also kind of behind, so I think it was only like a week for me. Where I'm like, shouldn't it have been out by now? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it was okay. Not nearly as good as like the earlier seasons. Especially like the third season or the first half of the first season. Yeah. So... I mean, it is also interesting when you think it's like, yeah, that there's some animation that's off, and it's like, it seems to be a common practice that they're like, hey, when we release the Blu-rays, things will be touched up to look a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a joke on uh, anime Twitter, where someone will take two things and be like, TV version and DVD version, like, mimicking, you know, <laughs> how anime often ends up like that. But it's you know not usually not something that's anime when they're making fun of it, um, and then also finished off uh, Darling in the Franks. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of <laughs> of uh, rushing things in the last couple episodes. Uh yeah. I, I mean the <laughs> the first reaction is triggers gonna trigger. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Then... Well, and it was it was interesting how. I was joking that they basically took, like, hey, we're just going to try to reference, like, every Gainax show we can. <laughs> like, oh, hey, let's do the same thing that Gurren Logan did halfway through, and then let's have the ending from uh, Gunbuster. And, <laughs> of course, this whole thing's been a ripoff of Ava from the beginning. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I thought it was alright. Yeah, it was fun enough to watch for some weird moments, but yeah, it was... But yeah. <laughs> that mm-hmm. ending just... They they went for that uh, very at the end and uh, just rocketed through the next couple of episodes with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Luke Cage Season 2. So that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was more a little more surprising than I was expecting. Yeah, for sure. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was very good. And uh, it, it's weird. Like, it, you, I did get that feeling of, like, this is going on for a long time, but didn't quite mind it as much on this one. Because mm-hmm. it was just, like, it felt like it was, like, like they, they could have, like, I don't know, sure, I forgot how. It's, like, it's sort of, like, I don't know, just, like, really long acts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And that, that, like a lot of their Netflix ones, like, it feels like they could have, you know, cut out a few parts and not really lost anything. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit, like, back and forth, like, oh, now Luke is doing this, oh, now Bushmaster's doing that. And it's like, okay, you're, you're spinning your wheels a little bit because you have to fill out, you know, 13 episodes or whatever, but... Yeah, I will say the really the one thing that was egregious and that was like when they did the flashback in like the last like couple of episodes, it was like, okay, we kind of already got this backstory explained to us. Why are you bothering to actually show flashbacks of it now? Oh, you mean like the flashbacks to where Bushmaster? Yeah, came from. Okay, yeah, because like they they already talked about his whole backstory. It was the, those flashbacks really were not needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I guess it was it was nice to see like a little bit more in detail, and I think they they did it mostly to kind of foreshadow a little bit as far as um, what's her face like the role that Ma had in everything. But yeah, but yeah, pretty good season. Uh, I guess next is uh, Iron Fist season two. Is the next of the Netflix ones. I guess. So hopefully that'll be an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it. Uh, if hopefully if Luke Cage season two is anything to go off of, it hopefully will be. <laughs> See, I actually, th- I thought I liked Luke Cage season one a little bit more, but maybe I'm just weird. Well, I meant what happened. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's true. I did like. Iron Fist in Luke Cage season two. Like the few times he was in there, I didn't think he was bad. Yeah. But then again, he was basically in like one and a half episodes, and that was it. Yeah. Between the heroes for hires, uh, nudging, and also the daughters of the dragon, uh, hinting, it's like they're really <laughs> teasing <Yeah>. people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then uh, that's about it for. All that old stuff. Um, the new season did start, I guess, at the beginning of the month, or beginning of July. I haven't watched a whole lot yet. I've been kind of slow because I've been catching up on all the old stuff. Um, I did watch the first episode of Attack on Titan Season 3. Eh, it's more Attack on Titan. Um, I've read the manga, so I know where it's going. And unfortunately, the arc at the beginning of these seasons like, one of the weaker ones, as I recall. 
Um, it'll be a little bit while before we kind of start getting into some of the better stuff again. Uh, but once we do, that's when they kind of start answering a lot really fast, as I recall. So hopefully we'll get to that in this season. We'll see. I don't know. Um, and then only watched one episode so far of Asobi Asobase, which is a comedy. I thought it was really funny. Um, the, the, the main gimmick at the moment is that the one girl, her sister always used to beat her in games and then make her like do like a punishment thing. So like she'd beat her and then be like, all right, now you have to go buy me a soda from the convenience store or whatever. So she hates games, but she's kind of good at them because she's lost to her sister so much. And then the other character looks like a foreigner, but actually doesn't speak any English. However, just to be funny on the first day of school, she was like, pretending she couldn't speak Japanese and, like, speaking really stilted and, like, a foreigner. So the joke, at least in the first episode, and hopefully they don't overplay it too much, was the one girl being like, all right, I want you to teach me English. And she's like, well, I don't actually know English, but uh, I can't tell her that because she looks really serious and, like, she might kick my ass. (laughs) So they've been kind of playing with that a little bit, at least in the first episode, and hopefully they don't, like, overdo that one joke. Um, But... The show also has some, like, crazy reaction faces and uh, really over-the-top, uh, like, reaction stuff and animation and everything. So it's been kind of kind of funny, at least for that. <laughs> and then the only other thing I've watched so far, I've actually watched uh, everything that's out, is uh, Hane Bado. So this is a sports anime that's actually about badminton, of all things. Because they had to get to every sport eventually. <laughs> yep. Yep. But it's actually been really good. Like, the animation is super slick. And um, they start off with... Uh, the one thing that I I haven't liked so far is at the beginning of the show, the one character is all pissed off because she's going through a slump because she lost to uh, a younger girl who ends up coming to her school. But the younger girl doesn't even want to play the game anymore. She's, for some reason, like, off of playing uh, badminton and basically gets kind of forced into the club. And I was thinking that, like, that, uh, like, rivalry between them and especially the one girl's hang-ups and why she doesn't want to play would be, like, a big thing of the season. But basically by by the third episode, everyone's all chummy. So I guess they did that pretty quick. But at the same time, it's been um, pretty good. And the fourth episode, they just uh, introduced a new character and made it very obvious who she was from the start, but obviously didn't like actually reveal it until like you know very end of the episode um but yeah it's been pretty interesting i'm not huge on sports animu but this one's been pretty good so far so i think that's pretty much it nice at least for me yeah for me um yeah the movies i've seen you know deadpool 2 ant-man 2 obviously uh, also saw uh, Incredibles 2 to, you know, just keep seeing sequels. <laughs> yeah, I still need to see that, but I kind of don't want to go and end up in a theater with a bunch of kids for <laughs> for multiple reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one thing about, like, seeing movies in the summer. It's like, uh, there's a much higher chance that a bunch of people have their kids here. Well, especially, like, a kid's movie, like, arguably a kid's movie like that. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that it's entertaining even for adults, but then it's like, it's clearly aimed at a family audience, and so there will probably be a I lot mean, of families. I mean, it's a families. Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Like I wasn't I wasn't afraid of there being kids at Deadpool too. <laughs> By comparison. Well, you know, there was one <laughs> no I'm what was there a kid at? I don't think it was Deadpool two, but there was one that it was like When I went actually when I went to Jurassic World, there were a lot of kids at that. I was kinda of surprised. <laughs> like there was one guy near me who had like she must have been like eight maybe. And then there was looked like some kind of like daycare, like summer daycare that brought a bunch of like twelve or so year olds. Mm. It's like, isn't this PG thirteen? But whatever. Yeah. The yeah, Incredibles two was a fun watch. Um I, I mean I, I will just say it's like yeah, I thought it was kind of obvious what was gonna happen in the end, but whatever. That's not the main draw of this. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it was interesting to see like the roles switch and have the the Mr. Incredible having to take care of the kids. <laughs> Like I, th- I think it was like great. Where it's like he's like getting run down, like after like the first day or so, and he's just like, it's like I'm Mr. Incredible. <laughs> it's just like I should be, I should definitely be able to take care of kids. And then it's just like he just dev- like really goes into. I get, I guess you could kind of say training montage of how to like figure out how to help out with the kids' life. And <laughs> yeah, it was just sort of, and then yeah to see that as well as uh last girl like do some pretty great ass kicking <laughs> nice like uh like i thought it, like it's funny like as the as like action scenes go on so i still think it was like one of the first ones she does was like one of the better ones because it's just like one thing i i really do love about people that have powers is like Elastigirl is someone who has had her powers for a very long time and knows how to use them and it was just like this the like scene where she's chasing down this thing it's just like she is you know like shaping her body in a bunch of different ways that it's like she just and she just does it like she knows what to do it's i I do love like when they do definitely like just show that someone knows how to use their stuff because it's just second nature to them at this point Mm -hmm. but yeah uh but yes that was incredibles 2 um see in terms of anime it's like yeah from the last season franks full metal panic sword art um uh food wars also ended their season and uh well <laughs> the last couple of endings for food wars is just like hey we're still in the middle of something but we'll end the season here <laughs> <Huh>. okay <laughs> but yeah actually it's funny because like actually this one is like it was called the second part of season three, but actually the first part of season three, you could kind of consider an ending and this could have been considered a season four, but this one ended in the middle of their, um, last tournament. (laughs) So Hmm. it's like, uh, we kind of need to see how everyone else does. But yeah, they're definitely this one's uh definitely a fight over the future of the school and uh really looking forward to see how that one ends. <laughs> but uh mm-hmm. yeah, so they're definitely still over the top. And uh yeah. Great great uh cooking show. <laughs> 
And then, uh, speaking of over the top, uh, Hero Academy is still airing, and uh, but man, the, the way they ended the before they went on like a episode break between seasons was holy crap. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that uh, it was pretty crazy. That that last fight was intense, where it was just like, finally, like seeing like All Might just go like completely oh, uh, like full power to just wow <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean it's like I want to talk more but it, it just needs to be experienced <laughs> yeah and it is uh, where they're going in the current season is I it's like it is like you know like a lot of what has happened in this series like dealing with like the League of Villains and how they're doing but um this at least this arc I'm hoping is doesn't have the League of Villains in it as it seems like it should hopefully mm-hmm. be because it's like it's obviously that they definitely have goals as well but it's like it, it would be not it's just nice to see like the like the main heroes like actually develop in the school setting and so you know. So I kind of read ahead, and and when you say League of Villains, how how much involvement? Okay, I'm gonna stop there. Yeah, just stop there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a brief flash of them in the opening, so there is something in the back of my mind that they might do something, but I don't know. I'll just okay. I'll just let's, let's just stop there because that yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that is a really great show. I love. Um, also. <laughs> the, the from last season that ended quotation marks was the legend of the galactic heroes which uh when i talked about it last time <laughs> the they had just sort of finished like the like the first three or four episodes that was like the initial space battle that was like again it's like it's more based on tactics and like then just like one person being a really great pilot um, as well as like you know setting up the backstory, <laughs> what I think like was like the next episode after I talked about it was when they started getting into like the heavy like the more politics of everything. And um, if you're mm-hmm. not a fan of the current political situation, I don't know if you're gonna enjoy watching some of the politics that happens. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> oh my god, it was yeah. Some people made some really painful decisions to watch. <laughs> um and but yeah it's seeing how the characters deal with the situation they're in and but yeah one of the things though that happens is that they the last few episodes deal with this big military operation and uh how it not, uh some stuff kind of goes wrong that people said was going to go wrong but then they still did anyway uh, so they're starting to regroup in the last episode, and then the series ends. <laughs> huh. uh, because apparently it is going to be continued, I think, with like uh, two or three movies that are coming out in the next year. So, it, word to the warning, if you haven't started watching it and you want to have a, the satisfying ending, maybe maybe wait till the movies come out. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. All right, yeah. well. I mean, I was surprised to find out it was only a 12-episode series because, yeah, the Legend of Galactic Heroes is a 
very long, like, because this was a remake, and I know the original had a lot to it, so. Yeah, I thought the original was, like, 30-something episodes. Like, doing only 12? Yeah. Okay. They, there was, they, like, yeah, there's a, more episodes as well as, like, I think the original also has, like, a few OVAs to it as well. And, yeah, so it's definitely a lengthy series. But, yeah, so, word to the warning. <laughs> Just that, that, yeah, it doesn't end. Um, speaking of shows that also didn't end, I also <laughs> got into a show, it's like, started this, mar- I marathoned a lot of this because it, it was mostly out already, but it was, uh, Beatless, about a, wor- it's uh, about a world where, uh, androids are starting, or like, working in the real world, and so it's sort of like, people have this thing where it's just like, okay, well, we now start to have, like, sort of robots that follow commands within the world but now people are unsure of like how to react to like they're like being like a humanoid looking thing at a corner store like selling food and it's just like the whole thing is it's just like okay they kind of act human but they're also not and kind of a big thing of the series is just like how do you or, like, deal with a world where, like, people are starting to just be replaced by autonomous robots as well. Yeah, it's... There, there's a lot to it. <laughs> but, um... This was also a show that had, like, four or five recap episodes during its run of 24 episodes. And the last... Wow. The last arc is actually there's going to be four episodes released in September to finish off the series. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is a thing now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's more I'm of a sh- thing now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it really comes down to just how difficult funding is in the anime industry right now. Yeah. Like, animators are making next to nothing, and a lot of the studios are getting hammered a lot, and... There's so many projects trying to be funded, and I'm sure there's just a lot of factors that go into the fact that a lot of these studios are, like, running out of money midway through the season, or it's running out of time, too, and then they have to, you know, find the time and or money to finish. Yeah. But, um... I mean, if you remember in Shirobako, where uh, they, like, deliver the last episode, like, five minutes before it's supposed to air... And apparently that is not entirely fiction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That is... It's definitely... I, I'm aware of that yeah, the anime industry is... Yeah. But... I mean, from what I've heard, apparently the first two recap episodes were actually, like... Like, during the close, opening and closing ceremonies of the Olympics. So that kind of made sense to skip those. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it was just like it was the ones near the end that were like I think it was like two episodes, and then they had another recap episode. <laughs> it's like ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, one thing I will say the the main character is very going to be very hit or miss if you enjoy watching him. Even more so his little sister. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, it's like, there... He runs into uh, an AI 
one like one of the uh, sorry, because <laughs> AI is a, kind of a separate thing. Um, but it was like he runs into one of the more like advanced androids that then he uh, makes a contract with. Um, so that sounds not you. That sounds original, right? Totally. Like I've never heard any anime <laughs> like that at all. Yeah, but yeah, one of the things that I thought was interesting was like to like become ownership of the of her. It was just like he actually has to like agree to take responsibility for all of her actions as like as that's like that is kind of a thing now it's just like i know with like autonomous cars it's just like if a car gets into an accident who takes the blame like the person who programmed the ai or the company or i mean i know because this is a thing that is trying to get figured out right now but it was like it was like yeah it was like because it's like not an official like an artificial intelligence that you know is deemed to have its own thing it's like as becoming the owner he has to take responsibility for whatever actions that she takes hmm but yeah so it's definitely like a interesting like research subject i've read a few papers about not only the like who's to blame part but then how they program the software itself like if it's get into a crosswalk and it sees that someone's in the crosswalk, but then it also sees that there's people on the sidewalk. Like, does it veer to hit the people on the sidewalk? Does it hit the person in the street? Does it veer into the other lane and potentially, you know, hurt you? Like, yeah, very interesting, like, ethical conundrums that come into AI that you wouldn't necessarily think of at first. And that's been uh, something that I've found pretty interesting to read. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean it. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of st- of stuff like that brought up in this show, and I mean, I, so yeah, it, if you are in into that kind of stuff, I think it was it's a good show to watch to see some of that play out and how they sort of talk over, with some of that. Yeah, I'm about to give that a shot then. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I guess one show from this season, I guess I can I'll talk about is uh, shit. I don't know how to pronounce this. Anglomois? Yeah, Anglomois. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Some, so, the funny thing is, it's just that I was, just sort of saw this, and it's just like, the premise might, might it's a little interesting to watch, because uh, it's about a samurai who gets uh, exiled to uh, Tsushima, right as the Mongol invasion is starting. <laughs> Yep, I saw that too, and I'm like, hmm, this is uh, very good timing. Yeah, considering one of the big games that Sony's been hyping. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it just saw that, and it's like, oh, with Ghost of Tsushima right around or coming out, uh, this, this should be fun to watch right now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's, uh, it's not a show that uh, definitely is not afraid to show some action and some blood, and <laughs> I mean it's. I mean, they show blood, but it's also, like, it's not like they're being overly just, like, you know, dramatic with it. It's It definitely seems like a realistic amount of violence. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not like gore for gore's sake. It's like, hey, this is what happened during the Mongol invasion. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems to be uh, like it's going to be a good watch this season. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, movies, anime, uh, in terms of TV shows, uh, Voltron Season 6 came out on Netflix, and uh, that was a hell of a season. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Because, yeah, they, they really resolved a lot of stuff this season, and man, the fight at the end was intense. And I honestly don't know how much more to talk about, because either I'm going to be saying spoilers with every other word, or... Yeah, I just have to be that vague. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, some the <laughs> one of the funny things is like one of the characters actually gets uh or like Keith gets some development because like he actually get is sort of has been separated from the other, from the team to cuz he's like looking into some something else and it's just like it's funny that like he actually get manages to get a uh a space dog wolf that can also teleport which i thought was really funny <laughs> or neat but yeah. teleporting dogs yeah the great great friend to have <laughs> yep but yeah i guess i'll just leave it at that because spoilers <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of a hard to talk about show if you don't if i'm not going to talk about spoilers but um Steven Universe had some new episodes, and holy shit. <laughs> some other big reveals there. As well mm-hmm. as, but yeah, it, uh, yeah, stuff is coming to a head in that show. But uh, I think we're at the end, nearing the end of season five, if not the end. As mm-hmm. well as, it, but it has been confirmed for a season six, so there is def, there are definitely going to be talking about the fallout of the revelations that have come out that have come to light as well That's pretty cool as well as apparently they got an actual movie announcement at comic-con so yeah hmm. but yeah it's like looking forward to that because yeah steven universe is i definitely remember the first season was it's like you know it's like hit and miss but then it's like, yeah, they, they really hit the ground running, which is, <laughs> it's funny. It was like, it, cause that's how I felt about Adventure Time. It was like, I couldn't, I never really got into it when it was, came out. And it was just like, when I saw some of the later episodes, I've been kind of trying to watch some more of Adventure Time now, especially since they have their mm. last season coming up. But it was <laughs> that experience with Adventure Time that was like, trained me to know that Steven Universe's season might be hit or miss, but I can pretty sure i feel like it'll definitely develop and yeah it did because mm-hmm. yeah rebecca sugar is <laughs> from adventure time so definitely makes sense um but yeah i mean like uh and then like other <laughs> sort of different western animation but uh archer the latest season of archer came out danger island and <laughs> uh yeah, that that show's been a little weird the last couple of seasons because they've been doing uh, alternate timeline stuff. I, I don't know what they're going for anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of what I've been hearing is it's like a little bit weird. But yeah, this one was set in like around the start of World War Two era, and like in Archer is now like the, on this. Uh, just yeah like sort of jungle island and is flying up and like has a plane and or like yeah, it's a like plane tour business 
and is not a spy or anything and like all the characters relationships are a little different which hmm. one of the best parts i love about this one though is that is like pam is now his like uh co-pilot or works with him in this plane company so she has a lot higher status com- in compare well a lot more equal status with archer so she can uh i love i love it how she uh like smacks him around a lot more for his shit <laughs> because mm-hmm. of that but yeah um and then yeah that that season ended weirdly but uh we'll leave that <laughs> what, could could have found out more if i got into that panel but uh yeah that line was <laughs> god <laughs> yeah that line but yeah um so that's about it for what I was watching. Cool. Well, I guess that'll bring it to uh, Anime of the Month before we close it out. Um, so I wasn't sure what to pick, and then I was looking through Twitter the other day, and Crunchyroll just added like a whole bunch of older shows, and there's some really good titles on there. So I was definitely looking at those going, hmm, one of these could probably be a good Anime of the Month. So... I ended up going with Nietzsche Joe, um, mostly because you know I love Annie, but uh, <laughs> it's a good show regardless. It's uh, very like episodic comedy um, and very much like absurdist comedy. Like they just love to one up themselves with, okay, that's kind of absurd, and then oh wait, that's even more absurd. Like what what is even going on? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a really funny show. Like the comedic timing is really good, and uh, the characters are all kind of. The, the the main set of characters, one, three of them are just like normal high school girls, but you kind of slowly get to to know them over the series. But then there's uh, a young girl who's incredibly smart, and a robot that she built, and those are definitely like some of the fan favorites. I feel like because they're very endearing characters, and um, they end up with a cat that can speak because the young girl makes a bandana that lets him speak, and he's kind of the straight man to this otherwise uh, off-the-wall duo. So um, it's, it's a very funny show, and I, I really enjoy it. And as I said, it, they just put it up on Crunchyroll. So if anyone has Crunchyroll, definitely uh show to check out on there. Um, alongside some of the other good stuff that went up, like Outlaw Star, I almost picked that. I couldn't remember if we had done it already. <laughs> I don't think we did, but that's a, that's an interesting show. Definitely a little bit older, but but good show. I'm trying to think what else went up. They got a whole bunch of stuff recently. Like I was trying to get through all the new, get to all the new shows from this season, and uh, I'm just seeing like, wait, that's on here now. That's on here too. Oh wow, that's like ten years old. Why is this on here? So <laughs> they they definitely did doing a good job of like kind of acquiring some of the old older shows and sticking them up on the, the service. Yeah. But uh, yeah, animated enough. Yeah. Nietzsche Joe. Yeah, I remember Nietzsche Joe. Yeah, it was it was a fun show to just like watch, just, like not mm-hmm. have to work or like just to re- yeah, just a show to relax to. And and I, I just I remember loving that ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ending theme, you mean? Yeah, the ending theme. Yeah. Yep. They uh, they do a good job of like calling back to older jokes too, but they don't always like. Um, it's not like one of those things where it's like every episode they have to like, you know, redo the same joke. It's more like 
they have like different segments and some of the segments will be like oh here's this you know a different take on like a similar joke or whatever um so that's pretty good it's a good show yeah i think one of the ones i remember the most was just that one of the characters is just um is like imagining this giant i don't know it's like some dramatic thing that's happening like in like outer space or something and then the end of it is that it was like something like falls from space and that's what is how that one is the one character has the like hair ties that are like look like dice yeah <laughs> just like, yeah that was a good bit yeah. that, that, i remember that one because it like starts off that episode and you're like did this show go all serious now and there's still like obviously comedic parts but you're like it's like a completely different show and then they like bring it into the show like very suddenly you're like oh oh okay now i see why it was in there but yeah <laughs> that was yeah that was a good one i'm trying to think there was one of the early ones was the uh the little squid um uh sausage like i'm trying to think what you would call that cuz if you if you google that you'll definitely get a youtube that's like just that one little sketch and that one's pretty funny and i'm trying to think like, I think Nichijou's squid sausage would probably bring it up, but I don't know. That, that might be a bad thing to Google. I'm not sure. <laughs> make, make sure safe search is on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it's also funny. I, I just, just like, remember, like, looking. It's like, yeah, I have, a, a, like, a piece of fan art that is the, uh, the talking cat in the, um, uh, oh, God, what was that called? The... Uh, 3D maneuverable gear from Attack on Titan <laughs> sitting on my wall. Nice. Yeah, that's a really crazy crossover. Yep. Alright, well, I guess that'll about do it for uh, this episode. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, a few different ways, uh, email is sidequest at psnation.com. Feel free to email feedback or comments or questions or whatever. And, um, Next time in 10 months when we record one of these, we'll uh, talk about it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, the Twitter is at SideQuestCast, all one word. Uh, there's forums. We will put up a post for this episode. You can go in there and, again, leave uh, comments, concerns, questions, recipes. I don't know. Please correct Something all weird. of my pronunciations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make fun of me for forgetting things in this episode because... Sometimes that happens. Um, and then, of course, there's also the post on psnation.com. Uh, and then if you want to help out the show, both this show and the main cast, we have our affiliate store links. So that's the main way we, we fund the website and E3 and all the other stuff we do is uh, just uh, go into the website and go to the affiliate links section. And there's links to Amazon and Best Buy and Write Stuff and a few other places. And if you click those links and buy stuff, we get a little piece of the action doesn't change your experience, but we get a little, little kickback for, quote-unquote, sending you there, even though you were probably already going to go there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess that'll about do it for this episode. Got any uh, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, just, I don't know. Can't wait for that Final Fantasy Monster Hunter crossover. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Just... Like, definitely fighting uh, Behemoth and Monster Hunter will be awesome. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that'll call it. Yep. But...